This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. From New Jersey to Brooklyn and from Yonkers to Suffolk County, some of the biggest races across our area. Some of those results in the Bronx District 13. We've got an upset. The Republican Christy Marmorado beat Democrat Marjorie Velasquez, the first Republican in years to take that seat. On Long Island, the Democratic Suffolk County executive is term limited, so Republican Ed Romaine tonight with a lead against Democrat David Colon. And in Brooklyn, the hotly contested race for District 47 incumbent Democrat Justin Brannon winner against Republican Ari Kagan. A red wave apparently washes over Long Island. With Republicans claiming victory and taking the county executive seat they've coveted for some time. It could be a sign of things to come in 2024, and it could certainly boost the refreshment Republican congressman who swept last year. Brookhaven Town Supervisor Ed Romaine over Democrat David Colon in the Big Buck Slugfest to replace Democrat Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone, who was term limited. The second red wave to crash on Long Island shores in the past year. In New York City, all 51 city council seats were up for grabs. The most hotly contested, District 47 in southern Brooklyn, which is home to sizable Arab and Jewish communities. Two incumbent councilmen faced off. When the music stopped, it appeared Eric Kagan, the Democrat who became a Republican was out of the seat. The victor, Democrat Justin Brannon. And in Queens District 19, a rematch. Incumbent Republican Vicky Palladino beat Tony Avella. In Harlem, Yusuf Salam, one of the exonerated Central Park Five, celebrated his victory. He ran unopposed after winning an intense multi-candidate primary. From the nation's capital, the House votes to censure Michigan Democratic Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. The vote was 234 to 188, 22 of Tlaib's Democratic colleagues voting in favor of censuring the Democratic Congresswoman for criticizing Israel and supporting Palestinians during the Israel-Hamas war. The House voted to advance the resolution put forward by Republican Congressman Rich McCormick. When Tlaib spoke on the House floor, she was emotional, saying she won't be silenced. But let me be clear, my criticism has always been of the Israeli government and Netanyahu's actions. It is important to separate people and governments, Mr. Chair. No government is beyond criticism. The idea that criticizing the government of Israel is anti-Semitic sets a very dangerous precedent, and it's being used to silence diverse voices speaking up for human rights across our nation. I listened to you on the way in here, meaning, you know, I turned it on on ABC streaming. It's very exciting. You have a very natural flow. You keep it moving, you know, even oh with all the ads in between, you can still hear Sid. And you got a nice voice. you got a, a, an on-air presence that comes across, Sid. And I know why you're successful. I mean, you relate to the audience and they hear you. Being on your show, Sid, I'm telling you, you're terrific. You, you've got it. You're, you're, the, you're a showman. And I, was, I appreciated being, you know, just being with you on the show. Fantastic. Your voice, however, I find is very soothing and very listenable, and you are the best in the business for a reason. Oh, my God. And you, and also, you have, like, the tonality, like, you know what you're getting right away. It's like, I'm Sid Rosenberg, I'm a New Yorker, and I'm going to give it to you straight, right? Like, that's what you're going to get. Can I say something real quick? Sure. There's a reason you're number one in New York. You are fantastic. 
Oh my you God. really are fantastic. And I appreciate you, buddy. And God bless everybody in New York. Coming from you, that just meant the world to me. God bless you, too. I love you, Mark Levin. Thank you. You too, Thank buddy. You. I felt that on the way out for Mark Levin, huh? Somebody get me a mobile light. You are number one, and you're a great guy and a great friend. And just take care of yourself, and we'll speak to you again soon. Is this love that I'm feeling? Must be the love that I'm feeling. I mean, Luke hated that open. He was okay, of course, with the election results from last night and the censor of Rashida Tlaib. But once we got to those five testimonials, Mike Savage, Academy Award-winning actor John Voight, Kelly Ripper, Mark Levin, and President Donald Trump, all heaping superlatives on me, is this love that I'm feeling? White Snake asked the question. And you bet it's love that I'm feeling. What about you, Lewis? You what, feeling the love this morning? What the hell was that? <laughs> uh, that's not oh really. The God. question was, was that Boogie Nights or not? Was that like a Dirk Diggler scene with those five people that you had? It could have been a Dirk Diggler scene, yes. Played brilliantly, mind you, by Mark Wahlberg. In the great movie Boogie Nights, it could have been Dirk Diggler. Just so you know, there's like 20 more of those. No, and, no kidding. I well. could already see Burt Reynolds standing <laughs> back going, <laughs> yeah. okay, uh, tell tell Savage to turn to the left a little bit. Turn. Oh, I want Sid's leg to go uh, up a little more. But I needed that because Quick. it was such a depressing night. You know, for example, I just had Alec once again shut off MSNBC. I don't know why we have it on in this at this radio station. I don't get it. But whatever. The rest of the day, you do what you got to do. I worry about four hours, and uh, the rest of you guys do what you got to do. So the show starts with Joe Scarborough, Mika, and Willie Geist. And they're giddy and gleeful and happy. And all they're saying is Donald Trump's GOP continues to lose Every year. And they put up a graphic on the screen dating back to 2017 of how Republicans don't win elections since Trump became the face of the party. 
So Donald Trump, once again, is the subject at the top of the show on MSNBC because, in all seriousness, it was not a good day for the Republicans. And it's getting me depressed. Now, I know Long Island, great. I love Long Island. What a situation we've got there. Now you got both executives, Bruce Blakeman in Nassau, and now uh, Eddie Romaine, who joined us about a month ago in Suffolk, both are Republicans. And we got all those Republican congressmen. So Long Island, and the DAs, of course, with uh, Ann Donnelly, Long Island doing a terrific job, that's true. But I don't live on Long Island, and the city is a mess. And I knew Vicky Palladino was going to win, and she did. And I knew Ina Vernikoff was going to win, and she did. This idea that Christy Mamorado is a stunning upset, I don't get that. I mean, I know Velasquez had a nice base, and it's the Bronx, and that area always votes Democrat, but Mamorado had a tremendous amount of steam coming into this. Her brother, Mike Rendino, who was texting me at 1 o'clock in the morning, and by the way, Christy texted me just now, he is the GOP chair. So I was not surprised Christy won at all, but that's all we've got. That's it. Outside of Long Island, Christy. And uh, folks like Paladino and Vernikov winning again. But the one we really needed, we really needed that scumbag Justin Brannon to get beaten in Bay Ridge. It wasn't even close. I mean, I had Nicole Maliotakis on yesterday, Curtis Sliwa. My man from months, pumping up Ari Kagan. It wasn't even close. What are these people watching? What were those uh, final numbers, Noam? It wasn't close. I, don't, I can look them up. But, it, yeah, it, it, within an hour, Ari Kagan had conceded the race. Within an hour? Poll, yeah, after the polls closed. He just wasn't the right guy. I mean, I hate to say it, but he was a Democrat-turned-Republican he can barely speak English. I had the guy on two or three times. He's almost impossible to understand. You know, you need a guy with, like, big charisma. You know, a guy that uh, people in Brooklyn can love. He wasn't the right guy. I never thought he was. I told Lewis that off the air months and months ago. He just wasn't the right guy. Oh, my God. Brooklyn. You need a guy like me. Yeah, you need a bum. I'm being serious. Exactly, you do. Unfortunately, that is... You have to express yourself in politics. Right. I mean, there's nothing against the guy. No, I mean, I mean but, he's smart. But all he did was just, you know, regurgitate all of the same things. Well, I like police and he doesn't, and I like Israel and he doesn't, and we get all that. We get all that. But you need somebody to show up on Shore Road and punch this bastard across the face. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I would love to run. I really would. It would never work for me because Danielle has warned me. I mean this. Not that I would ever do it, not that I'd ever be a real contender, but she's warned me, you run for politics, I'm gone. And she doesn't kid around. She'll be gone. I'm not willing to give up my marriage of 32 years to my beautiful wife to run for office, but I'd love to run because I would just be vicious. And they would bring up all kinds of dirt on me. That's fine. I don't care. I've written books. People know it. No big deal. Sid, not exactly an angel. So what? I would beat the living daylights out of these people physically, mentally. It would be so ugly. You folks would love me. You would love me. No matter how many closets of yours they drug I up. don't care. I don't care. Now, my wife would care. My kids would care. And that's when it gets ugly. That's why, again, like for poor Donald Trump, his days are in court now every day. I don't need that aggravation. 
But I'm telling you, I would be a great candidate. I stand for everything right, and I'm fearless. I will punch you in the face, figuratively and literally. What are you I would for? meet Justin Brandon in Bay Ridge and kick his fat, <laughs> stupid, bald ass. Yeah, what's the first thing you're going to go Mayor? You're going to run for mayor? I'm considering it, yes. Really? Can I do a worse job than de Blasio or Eric, in all seriousness? Could I be worse? Uh, I, I don't think... I love the cops. The cops love me. I love the fire department. They love me. I've got a picture with Caban and Kavanaugh on Sunday. Well, that's, that's not a good standard. I, I passed a couple of people on the street that would have done a better job in the last Well, that's two. my point. Yeah. So, I, would, I, yeah would take, uh, would... I would take all the people, the homeless people, not that they're all bad, but there's a lot of them that are bad. Let's stop the nonsense. The homeless and the criminals and the illegals and all these people, I'd put them on Rikers. I wouldn't even consider closing Rikers. In fact, I'd fix it, make it even bigger and better. So you can put all, all these different classes of people, get them out of our streets. I'd never consider building a prison in a residential neighborhood, ever. Never, ever, ever. I'd give the cops more money. 55 is not enough. Give them 75. Give them more. Fire department as well. I would not allow any of these teachers to teach these from CRT to pro-Palestinian. I'd make sure these teachers and these schools lose all their funding and get fired tomorrow. Tomorrow. And I would absolutely 1,000% once these pro-Palestinian scumbags start making their way towards bridges and tunnels, I'd, I'd arrest every single one of them. Every single one of them. You want to gather somewhere in Bay Ridge, you want to do that, I can't stop you, I get that. Once you get on foot and start to head towards bridges and tunnels, you're under arrest. And you mouth off to me, I'm going to beat you to death with a stick. <laughs> well, it's quite a I'm going to go to Albany and I'm going to turn Kathy Hochul upside down till that wench does something about bail reform. And I'll make sure that uh, Heasty and uh, Stuart Cousins, those two assholes, do something about it too. That's what I would do. I would fight for Israel every day. I'd put Israeli flags all over the city until the Palestinian people killed themselves. <laughs> That's my platform. It sounds like you're running. Well, I, I've written down a couple of things. <laughs> the preceding was paid for by Sidney Rosenberg, right. who will be running for mayor in 2026. I'm Sid Rosenberg, and I approve that message. <laughs> I would turn things upside down in this city. I'd make your freaking head spin. It would be like The Exorcist, like Linda Blair. Your head would spin. You'd be, you'd be spewing green stuff out of your mouth and speaking Latin. Things would change in a heartbeat. <laughs> they would kill me, of course. Uh, some crazy person would kill me, but that's what I want to go out anyway. At least I can go out, you know, with, with some honor. With some honor. Not like these pussies in office right now. They don't care. No, you'd burn right out. Everybody would be talking about you for uh, years. See what I'm You're saying? Great. No, it's good. I like it. I got my, got my vote. Where are we all going to be in the cabinet? <laughs> oh, yeah. What's Lou get? What's his what job? What's his Lou job? would be my uh, secretary of state. No, no, it's a local job. That. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lou would be my chief of staff. Wow. Okay, That's wow. Great. Okay. Lou's my chief of staff. I like it. Norm, you would be my communications director. All right, I'll take that. Cool. Yeah. What else is there, by the way? Any other news from these uh, ridiculous, <laughs> from these ridiculous uh, elections? This uh, the the rapist. Uh, uh, now again, I know he he got off. So the alleged rapist. Let me let me fix that. The alleged rapist, one of the Central Park Five, who uh, who goes from a guy that was wilding in the park at the very least. Maybe he didn't rape that girl. At the very least, he was wilding in the park. Now he's a hero. Now he's a hero, and people in Harlem vote for this guy. 
What's this guy's name again? Yusuf Salam. I mean, give me a break. No? Well, he won. You know, the, the vote. The voters get the final say, and they, they picked him. Well, I, I changed that, too. That's the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I, to mention that. I, think, I, think I would make an executive order where, A, you have to pass some type of intelligence exam <laughs> just to vote. You can't be a moron and vote. And then, of course, if you're a Democrat, we're going to have a long discussion before you can vote. I'm going to wipe out every American civil liberty and right <laughs> and make sure that this country and the and all of it, it's, it, it, it's no good anymore. It just doesn't work. I'm sorry. Rashida Tlaib would never be in Washington again. Censure? Put her in prison. Same thing with uh, Omar and AOC and Bush and Bowman and all these lowlives, all of them. That's what I would do. So. Okay, you got a well thought out platform. It's good. You know, you say uh, it's sure. good. No, serious. Right now, there are people masturbating all over New York. Like, is this guy really going to run? I love this guy. Well, as long as you keep that legal, I'm you got their votes. <laughs> yeah. so that's good. Fine. Wait, I noticed that you didn't give Justin a job. Would would he get a job in your administration? <laughs> yeah, he would get some. What what, uh, what would I give Justin? I, don't know. Uh, I love Justin. See, of course, um, I love Justin. The rat czar? Yeah. You get the rat czar. No, yeah. it's got to get food or something for me, I guess. Yeah. What would you call that? <laughs> the bagel guy? <laughs> food minister? <laughs> I mean, I can't give any legitimate office at this point. This guy has put the Philadelphia Eagles ahead of the Jews. Yeah, that didn't take long. I mean, all day yesterday, he's making excuses. He gives me the Philadelphia Eagles response and all courses response like i care what the eagles say the philadelphia eagles i mean my god look i'm looking at our show sheet today at all the cuts and i just i don't want to play anything look at these names oh, yeah. yusef salam rashida talib elon omar Corey bush ayana presley dan goldman i mean my god i may just play that praise compilation all day long all day long what else do we need to know, Norm, about uh, last night? I know that um, nationwide, the Republicans also took a beating. My guy Andy Bashir did win again, governor in Kentucky. That's right. But uh, Ohio, Kentucky, Virginia all went real blue. In fact, I think outside the governor, Yunkin, the whole state legislature in Virginia is Democrat. Yeah, I mean, not a good look for the governor, the Republican governor. I mean, he really campaigned hard to flip the assembly and Senate there, and he didn't do it last night. And then in the only place, the, there were some bright spots for Republicans. In Mississippi, uh, Tate Reeves, he holds on. Uh, he beat Elvis Presley's uh, cousin, second cousin, in that race there. Unlike Ayanna Presley, who spells her name differently. There's no relation to the king. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in New Jersey, you know, they uh, Republicans were hoping to flip some seats. It actually happened the other way around. Democrats were able to flip three assembly seats last night, so they hold on to both the Senate and Assembly rather easily. Yeah, so that was a uh, blue wave in New Jersey, too. Yeah. The, the, only, the brightest spot for Republicans absolutely was right out on Long Island. They they now maintain every essentially yes. highest county seat. Right. right. And uh, what's great about you is you're such a professional, is that you know, you really want to jump up and down and dance and yell and scream <laughs> because you're a liberal and a Democrat. Right. And you know, of course, you can't do that working with a guy like me in this place. So this uh, this professional um, attitude that you maintain is very impressive because I know well, you just you. want to go dance in the streets. I know you do. I did. I I, I was partying in late to, to the late hours last night. <laughs> I'm sure the you were. The minute I heard Andy Bashir had won, oh my god, my head exploded. <laughs> you know, if he had lost Andy Bashir, forget about it. You know this guy uh, Ed Romaine. We put him on a couple of weeks ago, and Steve Ballone who was crooked as a day as long, mind you, Democrat 
uh, executive of, Sup- of Suffolk County. Ed Romain got the win yesterday. We liked him when he was on about uh, four or five weeks ago. Here he is. He's won the Suffolk County executive seat. Now we've got Bruce Blakeman in Nassau, Ed Romain in Suffolk. This is cut number one. Tremendous mandate, getting 57, 58% of the vote, crushing it. And I thank Suffolk because with those numbers, I'm capable of going to my colleagues in the legislature and putting together a common sense agenda to move this county forward. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at at info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's uh, Ed Romain. So there you have it. we got a huge guest list coming up today. I mean, a huge one. We started out at 645. This guy knows the city council back and forth. Does a great job breaking it down. Frank Morano will join us at 645. He's here every weekday at 710. He's the greatest. I mean that. Curtis Sliwa, live in studio, 740, Fox News and WABC, Brian Kilmeade, coming up at 810. She's the one we're all talking about this morning, the big upset win in the Bronx. That's right, Christy Mamorado will stop by here at 810. One of the stars of the Real Housewives of New Jersey and a huge pro-Israel voice, Jackie Goldschneider, she'll be here at 825. We will talk to the former congressman out of Long Island, the great Peter King at 840. Constitutional attorney Alan Dershowitz coming up at 915. And Anthony D'Esposito, congressman out of Long Island. I called him last night about the real probability about Talib getting censured and what's next. I had all the answers early. He'll come on today to tell us what's going to happen with Talib and what happens next in Congress. Anthony D'Esposito on Long Island. The number is always one 800 848 WABC 1-800-848-9222. Welcome to Sitting Friends in the Morning on a Hump Day Wednesday. Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Hello, Sydney. Tell me, did you think you'd be all right? 
You know, the more I think about it, Lewis, uh, this band, I believe this is the Gin Blossoms. Hey, Jealousy at 629 on your hump day, Tunnels of Towers Wednesday. Never really got the critical acclaim they deserve. A good band, man. I saw them live once. They're kind of boring. They're kind of boring? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Well, they have, uh, like, three good songs. That's it, right? They yeah. have Hey, Jealousy. They have... um. That song, uh, Down, I like that. Uh, follow, you, follow You Down. Follow You Down, I like that song. They're like three good songs, that's it. Right. Where'd you go see them? I Let me think. It might have been, I think it was Jones Beach. You went with MJ? Or? No, it was way before her. Way before I was her. with four friends from a uh, Long Beach summer house. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Long was, Beach summer yeah. house. It was four bands. The one I wanted to see, I missed. Okay. Cracker. Oh, Cracker, yeah. And, no uh, good band. Yeah. yeah. And then Danielle they, loves them. Yeah. And then they came on the Gin Blossoms, and then the Spin Doctors were last. Oh, my God. That's a great show. Great you would, show. You would have thought so. Yeah. It was a snooze fest. Snooze fest, okay. Yeah. The, the last two were just, I, I could have just stayed at the concessions and drank. Really? Yeah. I thought well, I mean, but, but, you, but you would do that anyway. Because That's true. You, you know, the, you've got a drinking problem, Lou. Okay. Well, right. maybe in your administration that'll get solved. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, unlike that snooze fest, this show will not be once again Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Brian Kilmeade, Christy Mamorado, Jackie Goldschneider, Peter King, Alan Dershowitz, and Anthony D'Esposito all stopping by today. Not a lot of time to talk about Zach Wilson. I'm sorry. <laughs> But, but I, I have two questions I have to, to ask uh, the mayor. Um, why uh, is he still throwing from the pocket? What is What are the Jets thinking? Who the Jets play this weekend? I, uh, I forgot. They, they, they play the Raiders. Oh, the Raiders. That's right. Yeah. The Raiders who just uh, murdered the Giants. Yeah, right. You know, the Giants right now are getting like 17 against Dallas on Sunday. 16 and a half or 17, I don't know. Oh, my God, it's Dallas this week. Yeah, they got Dallas. Oh, that'll be a popcorn game. I think the Jets play Sunday night yes, coming off that yes. Monday night embarrassment. In the yeah. Great. yeah, Great. I just don't pay attention like I used to. I mean, first of all, the football in New York is terrible. The Jets are 4-4. Four and four. They're not a good team. Great defense, but not a good team because their quarterback's horrible. And their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, is the worst in the game. And has always been that way. Even his father, Paul Hackett, wasn't very good. So you got the Jets are a mess. The Giants may be the worst team in football. <laughs> and with Tommy DeVito at quarterback, you can't watch him. Whether it's him or Matt Barkley, whoever they play, they're, they're a joke. They're an absolute joke. So uh, tonight, Webb and Yama, the number one overall draft choice, number one, went to the San Antonio Spurs. And I've been telling you guys, my son Gabriel has been talking about Webb and Yama forever. And tonight, the Spurs are at the Garden. Webb and Yama makes his New York debut. The Knicks are off to a slow start. They're three and four. San Antonio's also three and four. And uh, Gabriel wanted to see Webb and Yama tonight. But um, it was my fault. I didn't get back to Dr. Mark Siegel. He was in Greece. He's offered me seven more games, including one uh, later on this weekend. But I missed out on the Knicks and Spurs tonight, so we're not going. Now Gabe wants to see the Nets. Because now he likes this guy, uh, Cam Johnson. Says every time Cam Johnson plays, he's good for 30-plus. No one even knows who the hell he is. Oh, my is. God. Yeah. He's really watching the NBA. <laughs> oh, Gabe's a crazy NBA fan. Crazy. Listen, he plays basketball almost every day. He's uh, trying out for his JV team on his high school team, which, again, is a medical miracle. And he follows the league very, very closely. Very closely. 
And we argue now, it's kind of cute. Like, R.J. Barrett is always an argument at the Rosenberg House. Because I like R.J. I'm like, he is the one guy that can, he's a slasher. You know, Brunson's a great player. Randall just chucks it up. The guy that makes things happen out there is R.J. He can beat you off the dribble. His shot is not great, but it's certainly good enough. I like watching him play. And he's a kid. A couple years out of Duke. He's still a kid. Well, I hope no, they... No, uh... we got to trade him. I hope they voted well yesterday. Yeah, R.J. Barrett <laughs> voted for um, Justin Brandon. That's why we lost. If you missed yesterday's show, I, I started with this. I couldn't believe it. But the NBA, almost every team in the NBA, and the NBA is like 90% black and 8% European. There's no white kids anymore that play basketball. They're only in Marine Park. So 90% black, the whole league plays MLK Day. You would think if there's a day they would take off. Right? And honor. And honor a great black man. That would be the day. They all play. Yesterday, election day, the league is off. Like these basketball players are running to the polls to vote for Vicky Palladino. <laughs> I mean, you can't make it up. <laughs> Why would they be off on election day? I'm not going to say they're dumb. I don't know. It could be geniuses, these guys. I don't know. But you know what the conventional wisdom is. The conception is these guys are not running to the voting booths. What do you think, Noam? No, they're, no. you're not running to the voting booths. Right. So yeah. why are they off on election day? You know, it's a weird thing the NBA does. They feel like they're sending a message to youth that it's important to vote, and that's why they do it. Is that what it is? Yeah. Of course. They'll look at Salt Lake City probably. They probably called, closed the Salt Palace down. <laughs> yes, that, yeah. that all, and then they go vote. White Utah. Oh, my God. <laughs> doesn't make it stupid. <laughs> so stupid. My buddy Bobby Hartman, uh, Hartman checks in. This is uh, my friend from Mainstream House. He uh, wants me to run. He says, your skeletons would be mostly from addiction. No one likes a better story of redemption. If they come after you, they expose their disdain for addicts. An hour out of recovery. I ran for town council here, and except for the party wanting another person, I would have trounced. I'm considering running against so Bobby Hartman. Oh, we need him. There you go. Good. He's out there by uh, Riverhead, which is, it's so far, it's, it's basically off the map. <laughs> he could put all the propaganda out for you. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's obvious. Listen, I'm still a couple of years away, so. But I'm considering it. I really am. Everything is up for consideration right now for me. I don't know. I could uh, easily move back to Florida. I could stay here. I could run for office. I can uh, turn to acting. I've got two more scripts, two more, in the last week. So everything is up for um, for a good look right now. Man, your yeah. future is so madcap. It's wild, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird, yeah. really crazy. <laughs> Shut I up. I guess they dude. would call it a roller coaster. Is <laughs> yeah. that what they know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get to uh, Frank Morano and Curtis Sliwa. But it is Wednesday. You know what that means. It's time now for the Tunnel to Towers update. This is my guy, the great CEO, Frank Sutter, dear friend, with the New York City Marathon. How, could, how, how is this? How do you guys do this? <laughs> with the New York City Marathon days away? Oh, no. Oops. Uh-oh. Oh. oh. <laughs> we all just went, oh. So now I got to get a text from Leslie and Glenn. And... No, that's my fault. That's my fault. I'll take the blame. I didn't. Uh, I didn't edit the uh, copy there. That's my fault. So last do we week. have one uh, since the marathon has been completed, which my wife did again, mind you. Do we have one of those? Is that what this is? No. The uh... way, well, the one. The one we're going to play is right. Is right. Yeah. Yes. No, the one we're going to play is definitely right. Oh, right, so just play right. it. This is uh, Frank Siller and Tunnel to Towers, and it's always very inspiring stuff. 
The Tunnel to Towers team is working hard to support military and fallen first responder families who need it the most. Families like that of Knox County Deputy Tucker Blakely. Deputy Blakely began his career as a member of the U.S. Army and then joined the Knox County Sheriff's Office in Tennessee. Deputy Blakely perished after being shot while responding to a domestic violence call. Blakely was only 29, leaving behind his wife Katrina and a five-year-old son. The Foundation's Fallen First Responder Home Program pays off the mortgages for the families of law enforcement officers and firefighters who perished in the line of duty. After hearing Tucker's story, Tunnel to Towers informed Katrina that they would cover the outstanding balance of her mortgage. Join the foundation on its mission to provide forever homes to fallen first responder families nationwide by going to T, the number 2T.org, and donating just $11 per month. The Blakeleys are just one of countless families that depend on our support in their time of need. Please donate today. You know, Danielle just texted me, Lou is the best. I have no idea why she texted me that. It really. Yeah, Lou is the best. Now from I wish I remember. <laughs> I don't know what I said. Oh, she says he keeps you in check. I, yeah. I don't know if that's going to be my role in the administration. <laughs> well, but No, you're going to get fired for that. <laughs> uh, folks, never forget, join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate just $11 a month. Do it today at T, the number 2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org, just ahead of both Frank Morano and Curtis Sliwa. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers on the ice. We were treated with triple header last night. All three local squads back in action following a day off at the Garden. The Rangers took care of the Detroit Red Wings by a score of 5-3. to three to I mean, are the Rangers going to win the cup? They never lose. They are an unbelievable hockey team. They never lose. Yeah, Even lose. Lou, who's a big Islander fan, you got to admit, Lewis, the Rangers look unbelievable. They look amazing. They look as good as ball. Boston Bruins did you last stop year. That. You stop that. And remember what <laughs> Oh, yes, I remember they were, they were oh, ousted oh, in the first round I'm by sorry. Vinny Biola's I'm Florida sorry. Panthers. I see. But with that said, would you agree, Lewis? Now, that may happen. That's fine. But as of right now, do you agree the Rangers of every team in New York, the Mets, the Yankees, the Jets, the Giants, Knicks, the Rangers are the closest team to a championship? I would have Agree to that. You would. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about maybe. the Devils? Now, Devil, they're in New Jersey. Yeah. They're not New York. And they've been out with their two best players. Last right. Hughes is out. So Rangers are the closest to winning a championship. Yeah, that's yes? right. Well, I, I hope game one is Saturday night because they are. Yeah. Now, what, right. what, what, hurt, what hurt you more? <laughs> admitting the Rangers are the closest to winning a championship or, or listening, listening to, to Michael interest. Savage, Kelly Ripper, Mark Levin, and Donald Trump love me at the top of the show? Well, I'm going to get together with my uh, <laughs> committee and see what we come up with on that one. <laughs> God bless, God bless the Rangers. Yeah. I can't wait to go down the Canyon of Heroes uh, Sunday or Monday. I'll be ready. I'll be there. It's been a rough Wednesday morning for Lou Rafino <laughs> with the win in New York. Hey, Marathon Day's coming up, Bella. That's my fault. God. Jeez. People make mistakes out here. New York improved to 7-1-2 and in its last 10 games against the Red Wings, and they are 5-0-3 in their last eight home games against Detroit and Elmont. The Isles found themselves on the other side of things, losing 4-2 to the visiting Minnesota Wild last night. Noah Dobson scored for the second straight game. Oliver Wallstrom also scored 
but the uh, Isles have given up five third period goals in their last two contests and have been outscored nine to two after the second period of their last four games. We'll see if they can improve on those marks. Come tomorrow night in Boston against the Bruins. Finally in Colorado last night, the Devils, they lost six to three to the Avalanche and on the hardwood after an off day yesterday for the entire NBA, the Knicks and Nets both back on the court tonight at the Barclays Center. The Nets get set to welcome in the LA Clippers at 730 and the Knicks, uh, as uh, previously mentioned, they'll be tipping things off with Victor Wembanyama and the San Antonio Spurs also at 730. That's sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com and tankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best foot boilers and I'm Justin Ellicott, 77 WABC. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Sing this one for the girls get away. Fray Absolute, 648 on your Wednesday morning. Once again, Curtis Sliwa, Brian Kilmeade, Christy Mamorado, Jackie Goldschneider, Peter King, Alan Dershowitz, and Anthony D'Esposito on Rashida Tlaib getting censured. He'll join us coming up at 930 live from D.C. But our first guest this morning does a great job, great job as the overnight host, the other side of midnight, 1 to 5 every weekday morning, and really knows his stuff when it comes to these local elections, it's my good buddy Frank Morano. Francis, good morning. How are you, brother? Good morning. It's great to be here just a few days before Election Day. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right before the marathon, too, now that you're at it. Exactly. Uh, that's very exactly. funny, Frank. Very nicely done there. Uh, I want to get to the uh, the big race, District 47. I, I fell into it. I had Nicole Maliotakis, Curtis Sliwa, and a host of others convinced me that Ari Kagan who I never really liked as a candidate. Decent man, good man, but just didn't have it. You know, I, I couldn't really understand him when he spoke. He didn't have that that um, that charisma that I think you needed to beat this creep, Justin Brandon, in Bay Ridge. And sure enough, Kagan got waxed. Wasn't even close. Were you surprised to see how badly Ari Kagan got beat? 
I, I was a bit. I, I wasn't surprised to see uh, Justin Brennan reelected. You know, he's represented a good portion of the district since 2017. And I had been saying since we've been talking about this race for a year that I thought Brennan would win. However, in the last month or two, it seemed I thought there was a momentum shift. You had uh, Brennan, in my view, mishandling the issue of the Palestinian protests and the the migrant issue and then being attacked kind of mercilessly by his own county chairperson, uh, Rod. Nish uh, Bashot and I thought this was going to be uh, a don't, much closer you're, you're, you're leaving out. You're leaving out that he went after a kid who worked for him who was autistic. And that well, is... that, that's actually that's not true. I mean, that came what out with not Rodney Bishop. It, it's it's just not true. I mean, that was thoroughly. What um, I played the it, kid. I played the kid's audio on the show. The kid uh, lied. Uh, you know, I, I, I no, it's I'm not true. No, no, that... no, it's true. I played okay, the kid's right. audio. The um, kid didn't lie. He's not a liar. And it's also well, true that so it's that also true out, that, that Justin Brandon's in... hold on a second. Justin Brandon's band, mind you, the album cover takes a shot at Mother Teresa, calls her the mother of annihilation. All these right, things but... goes to show you that this is a bad guy. So that was all known when he was elected and reelected, every aspect of that. So I didn't know the that. people of this district, and that was when the district was a lot more conservative. Um, the people of this district went before redistricting, before this district included more Democratic areas. That was all known. Uh, but I did think it was going to be a little closer because of those issues. But um, he did a lot of work in the new portion of the district, and he was not universally loved in the old portion of the district. He did have his strong uh, cadre of devotees, but um, it, I, it was very it was I never expected it to be as lopsided yeah, as it was. Me so that's for sure. I think a lot of the Russian voters didn't turn out. Uh, Kagan, who remember was elected just two years ago as a uh, Trump hating Democrat. He was uh, counting on a, a lot of Russian support that just didn't turn out. You know, I look at it, uh, we'll get to Long Island later, which, uh, thank God for Long Island. Now you got two executives that are both Republican with Blakeman and Romaine. But in the city, what I saw yesterday, outside of Christie, we'll get to Christie momentarily, is uh, the people that won are alleged rapists, cop haters, and socialists. I mean, how can you stay in New York City? One by one, these are scumbags, including the kid in Harlem, who at the very least, at the very least, was wilding on that night of the alleged rape. Now this guy's a city council member. I just don't get it. But uh, as uh, surprised as you were about Brandon winning big, people were so surprised that Christy Mamato won big. I'm not at all. I mean, Mike Rendino, her brother, is a power player in the Bronx. Obviously, he's a GOP chair. And uh, Velasquez, I thought, had lost a tremendous amount of momentum the last couple of months. It was an upset, yes, but I'm not going with major upset. I know the people in that area vote Democrat, but I really thought Christy had a good chance to win, and she did. Yeah, she did. This is huge. This is the first time that the uh, Bronx Republicans will have someone in the city council representing them since the 1970s. You talk about her brother, the uh, county chairman, county chairman being a power player. He he is within Republican circles, but they've never won a general election under his leadership. This is a watershed moment for the GOP. A couple of things are important about uh, this race and the overall picture yesterday. One, the fact that uh, Marmorado won with Kagan losing 
that keeps the Republican delegation in the city council at six. That is uh, more Republicans than they've had since the mid-1990s when uh, Giuliani was mayor. So that is a big number. But here's what the other thing. The Republicans have entered into this coalition with the moderate and conservative Democrats, people like Bob Holden, Common Yeager. They call it the Common Sense Caucus. As of now, there's eight members of the Common Sense Caucus. But one of the people that won yesterday in the 43rd district in Brooklyn, Susan Zhang, she is going to join that common sense caucus. So while there's still going to be six Republicans, which is more than we've had in decades, there are now going to be nine members of that common sense caucus. Nine members of any caucus makes them uh, quite a powerhouse in terms of dealing with the mayor, in terms of negotiating the budget, in terms of being a, bo- a backstop to things like uh, defunding the police and uh, speaking out on migrant issues. So I think you're seeing some really positive signs if you're a center-right voter in the city. Additionally, the margin by which uh, Vicky Palladino won in Queens and Ina Vernikov won in Brooklyn, I think is uh, is pretty staggering. And in the case of Vernikov, she did it with a very different playbook than what you normally see in these races. In that district, especially, there's this fellow, uh, I won't even mention his name, but there's this fellow that's considered a god in the Russian community. He's almost the Russian Al Sharpton. And uh, Vernikov basically told him to go to hell and that she was not going to buy any ads on his radio station, which he uses to extort Russian candidates in this district and has for years. But she was and smart. She said, no, she went I'm, on, she I'm went, not going to play the game. And right. she still won in a landslide. She went on this radio station and came on with me. I mean, I don't want to take any credit, nor do I want to take any any uh, criticism for Kagan losing. But if you don't think that both Paladino and Vernikov won by large margins because of me, you're either naive or stupid. Of course they well, did. Well, I think, I think they would even acknowledge that. I mean, in terms of <laughs> naivete and stupidity, maybe you're the one that's stupid by not extorting these candidates for the kind of money that, uh, yeah. that other individual you're was right. asking no, for. You're right. You are years. right about that. You are right about that. Any other races, uh, you mentioned a bunch of them that were important, obviously. Any other races before we go to Long Island and Jersey that, uh, worth mentioning this morning? Well, in the city, I mean, I think the real missed opportunity for the Republicans is uh, that not running a candidate for district attorney in Staten Island. I think that's a seat they probably could have won. And uh, I think uh, four years from now, that's probably a seat that uh, if it's an open seat that the Republicans will target. Uh, the other positives, other than the expansion of the Common Sense Caucus, finally, after about 22 years in public office, Brooklyn will finally be done with uh, this cop hate. Black Panther retread Charles Barron. He's gone. And uh, if it's difficult, I don't know much about Chris Banks, who's taken over for him, but it would be impossible to be any worse than uh, than Charles Barron. So I think that's certainly a uh, a net improvement. This is Frank Morano, host of The Other Side of Midnight, who is uh, really terrific when it comes to this. A lot of stuff. Uh, Let me get to Long Island. Um, Obviously, Bruce Blakeman wins a couple of years ago, beats our friend Laura Curran. 
Uh, that was mostly Todd Kaminsky's fault, but uh, nevertheless, Bruce is a tremendous county executive in Nassau. Then you had Ballone, the Democrat, who a lot of folks mm. liked. He's a crooked guy. He's the guy that promoted that police chief who got caught in the park a couple of months ago right. having Jimmy sex. Burke, yeah. yeah, the whole Gilgo Beach thing. So I think Ballone's a bad guy. I'm glad he's out. And Ed Romaine, the Republican, gets the win. So now both county executives on Long Island are Republican, and Donnelly, Republican, DA, obviously. Uh, so you look at what's going on on Long Island, Esposito, yeah. Lolita, Garbarino. Long Island has really turned red. That's the good news. Yeah, that's for sure. And it's not even just the races that you mentioned. In Nassau County, which is the bluer of the two counties on Long Island, the Republicans won all the big town supervisor races, Hempstead, Oyster Bay, North Hempstead. There are 100,000 more Democrat registered voters in Nassau County, but the Republicans won the city of Long Beach. They knocked off an incumbent Democrat legislator, uh, you know, Josh Lafazan, who I think was actually one of the candidates running against George Santos next year. And uh, they have now a super majority in the county legislature. That is not something that seemed likely just a few years ago when the Democrats controlled all the county races on Long Island. So you're telling me that if you're a guy like me, uh, Long Island's not an I'm lucky because where I live, of course, it's all Republican, all my neighbors. Not the politicians, mind you. I've got a guy like Gregory Meeks in my neighborhood who's the absolute worst. But if you're a Republican, Long Island is the place to live right now. They've done a great job. The city, not so much. And very disappointed uh, Frank Morano in a place I used to live where I love, Tenafly, New Jersey. A lousy day for Republicans in New Jersey yesterday. Yeah, you know, it really was. Everything was trending in the Republicans' direction in terms of issues in New Jersey. You had the Republicans winning the messaging on offshore wind and the whale deaths. You had them winning the messaging on crime. You had an incredibly strong showing two years ago from Jack Cittarelli. Uh, and they they had a map that they wanted. They, they weren't redistricted. The gerrymandering did not go the Democrats' way at all. And it looked like there was actually a possibility that the Republicans would take one or both houses of the legislature, not only did they fail to do that, they lost seats, uh, which is uh, never something that I would have uh, would have thought. I think what that was a reflection of is a very poor field operation and vote by mail operation. Democrats have a huge advantage there in New Jersey and the state party, the state GOP, was totally abandoned in the Christie years in order to feed his ambitions. And it essentially became just a cult of personality to help Chris Christie and his buddies. And it shows. And uh, I don't think I don't think they've ever really built an organization around some very powerful issues. So I don't know what that portends for the governor's race in two years. But that's got to be other than maybe what happened in Virginia, one of the biggest disappointments nationally for the Republicans. Agreed. Uh, Well, listen, Phil Murphy is out. He's time limited. So we'll see if uh, Cinarelli is running again. He could be that guy in Jersey. But there's a reason why Joe and Mika and um, what's his name? Uh, The other idiot whose father was a big deal in um, uh, I forgot his name. Willie Geist. Yeah, Willie Geist. So they all started today with a big smile because, again, you look what happened in the city. You look what happened in New Jersey. You mentioned uh, Virginia. Now you've got a Republican governor, Glenn Youngkin, 
who I think will be a really good presidential candidate one day, but they've lost a whole state legislature. That's all Democrat. Now, in Kentucky, and Bashir won again the governorship, but they had a bad day. Same thing in Ohio. You look around the nation, and the Democrats once again won, and uh, MSNBC quick to point out the Trump GOP takes another beating on Election Day. Yeah, I think that's probably extrapolating a little bit too much to blame elections in states like Ohio that were motivated by issues like abortion and marijuana on Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, look, Donald Trump cuts both ways. You have a whole bunch of people that will come out to vote for Donald Trump if he's on the ballot, and they're just not interested in voting for other people when he's not on the ballot. So it seems like in some of these purple states, and Ohio's not really a purple state, it's a real red state. But in some of these purple states, when Trump is sort of in the ether but not on the ballot, uh, the Republicans have a tough time. We saw that in the congressional races because he attracts a lot of negative partisanship, which does translate into an anti-Republican vote. But a lot of the GOP leaners reflected in that New York Times-Siena College poll that you mentioned yesterday – They don't care enough to vote for the Republicans if the election doesn't involve Trump himself. So I don't think these results, uh, positive and negative, I don't think they mean a whole lot for the election a year from now. No, of course they don't. They look for any opportunity, MSNBC, CNN, all these crooked uh, media stations to take a shot at Trump, even though, like you just said, yesterday was not at all. The poor guy was in court. (laughs) Give me a break. Anyway, uh, as always, Frank. Morano, excellent, excellent job, and this is why uh, you're one of the best in the business. People will be listening to Mike from uh, 1 to 5 a.m. Thank you so much. Terrific job. I love you. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Sid, and uh, in all seriousness, congratulations to Danielle and her stellar marathon performance. Thanks for having me on. It's always a real treat. Thank you, buddy. Frank Morano, and I'm sure Danielle appreciates that. Just a couple of days off that amazing performance. Thank you for that, Frank. we got a big three hours Big three hours about to come your way. Frank kicked it off nicely like Derek Jeter. Good leadoff hitter right there, Frank Morano. Curtis Sliwa, Brian Kilmeade. I'm going to talk to Christy Mamorado, Jackie Goldsnyder, Peter King, Alan Dershowitz, and Anthony D'Esposito. Still to come, three more hours of your favorite talk show in New York. Sitting friends in the morning, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Radio 77 WABC. Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, Welcome back, hour number two. So we ended hour number one with Frank Morano, and he was very, very good, very good. At the very end of his segment, he congratulated my wife, Danielle, for completing Sunday her sixth New York City Marathon, her 40th overall. Now, you may remember that Monday morning when the world was congratulating Danielle and all the marathon runners, all of you folks, congratulations. There's only one Fabissina 
Babisna in Yiddish, that's the guy, the old guy, who yells at little kids when they jump in the pool in Delray Beach. And that's Curtis. He finds a way to hate even the marathon runners. And he told this really stupid story about some homeless guy named Leo who needed a jacket. And the marathon runners, God bless their souls, running 26.2 miles without wanting to give up their orange jackets. So I got home last night and Danielle said, listen, I want to make Curtis happy because she does love you. I want to make Leo happy. So after that uh, ridiculous rant you went on a couple of days ago, Curtis, this is compliments of Danielle and the marathon runners. This is the old jacket, which is a lot heavier than the schmuck that they had this year, a blue, rugged New York City marathon jacket for the homeless person of your choice. Now, oh, wow. do you feel like a dick now or no, what? No, 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 that's great. I'm going to make sure Leo gets it. So proving that Danielle is not a self-centered, I and me kind of person that all these runners are. By the way, if you want to hear my rant, it's on the WABC Instagram. And notice there's about 5,000 responses both pro and against. Yeah. You got to see it. The, it's funny. On it's WABC good. Instagram, as I savage the marathon and the marathoners. It is worth going to look. It's actually very funny. Funny, I should say. Curtis, of course, gets uh, great ratings, noon to one every weekday afternoon, overnights on the weekends as well. We'll get to the weekend host, Frank Morano, momentarily. And, um, and of course, does his best work, arguably, beside me at this time every morning. So, yeah, let's go to Frank Morano right now. He was just on. I thought he did a really good job of explaining the results, not just in New York, but in New Jersey and across the nation as well. But, of course, Curtis Sliwa, you've got a major issue with a guy you've now dubbed Frank Hamas Morano. You would have thought that Frank Hamas Morano would have understood why Justin Brannon was able to overwhelm Ari Kagan. Not just Justin Brannon, but I have to be honest. There were two people yeah. that I claimed for weeks were the most dangerous people in the city council, if, in fact, they won. One was Justin, yes. and he did beat Kagan. The other, the biggest lowlife of all, AOC buddy Tiffany Caban, yes. who beat your very good friend and mine, Kelly Klingman. Both of those lowlives won. All right, but listen to what Frank said. Frank said that Justin Brannon mishandled the Palestinian situation. Didn't he say that? Well, he did, that parade. He he uh, he, he didn't call the Palestinians out. Where, where do you think he got his vote from? Look, I just gave you the call to rally where they were probably screaming, Alu Akbar, long live Hamas. Three o'clock yesterday, they all assembled at City Hall. And I said to myself, I got to go down there. I got to see where they're going. Where they, they notice it's a rally to basically uh, just sweep the Gaza into the election booth, right? That's what it says. Flood election day for Gaza, Tuesday, November the seventh, three p.m. City Hall, New York, New York. Our vote is for the people, and the people stand. You ready for so, this? With Palestine. So three p.m. Which doesn't exist, idiots. Right. Three p.m. They had their rally. Thousands. Kafia, How many thousands do you think? I'd say about three, 4,000. So you're saying the crowd was comparable to what we saw in that idiot Brandon's neighborhood in Bay Ridge a couple of weeks ago. And even before that, in Astoria on Steinway Street and Astoria Boulevard, they pulled out 5,000. So I said, let me follow them because the R train is right there. Where does the R train go from City Hall? Right to Bay Ridge. And many of them live right in that Fifth Avenue corridor. Not just the Arabic speakers who've been there since before World War One. 
all these new hipsters and millennials with the kaffir on and the free Palestine buttons went right into the voting booths in no, Bay Ridge. No way. Yes. And you wait, wait, you followed these people. Yes. Into Bay Ridge yes. on the train. Yes. And you witnessed it's important now, Curtis. Yes. You witnessed these people walking right into election right. centers where of course they're gonna vote for a guy who sympathizes with the Palestinians, right. Justin Brown. Now, in the other direction, you take the R train and then you switch to the N and the W train, and you're at Ditmar's Boulevard, you're at Astoria Boulevard, you're at 30th Street. So I went to Athens Square at 30th Street and 30th Avenue. That's right in the heart of Astoria. And I walked into the two schools that had the most voters. Right away, they're taking pictures of me, all the socialists outside. You know, come on, come on for city council. And I'm seeing people at the desk with kafias on, you know, dashmatas on. They, they're working for the Board of Elections. And I saw all these young, white, hipster millennials with the kafias and the buttons, free Palestine. I hate them. So what is that? What does that say? They flooded the election booths. It said that, yes. It says it, the yeah. two communities that they control. Justin Brannan can thank his victory to that Palestinian demonstration that turned into a riot. So let me ask you this. Let's say, uh, and I'm watching Christy Marmorado right now in New York 1. Don't forget, she's going to join me live coming up at 810 this morning. That was our big win yesterday. Let's say that on the same day that the Palestinian supporters did this, we had a big pro-Israel rally, and we led those people to the booths in an effort to get votes for people like Ari Kagan, Kelly Klingman, and others. You think that would have worked? It wouldn't have mattered. Because the numbers of these rallies, they destroy us. So to say, there, there are no Jews in Astoria. There are no Jews in Bay Ridge. There's no, there's no Palestinians in Astoria either. That's a huge area. Oh, yeah, what am I talking about? Of course, I used to watch them uh, fill up 55-gallon drums right what on is, the way. Right, right. I, I, keep thinking Greek. I keep thinking Here's Greek. You're right. Yes, Greek, Italian. Right. Now you have the Egyptians. They call it Little Egypt Way. So where do I go outside of Borough Park? Where do I go uh, to find? I know there are Russian Jews and Jews in Ina Vernikov's area, obviously, where yes, I used to yes, live yes, by yes, Quentin yes. Kings Highway. Yes. But is Borough Park the only area left in Brooklyn you would say is predominantly Jewish? Is that it? No, no. There are many predominantly Jewish areas. But what you she need said to go, Bay? what you need to do, because I heard you ranting and raving how you want to run for mayor. Well, how, well you're going to tell me my platform wasn't perfect? No. I'm going to punch people. No, no. You could go to five towns. You should run in Nassau County in five towns. You'll get elected in a slam they dunk. They don't city. need me. That's the point, Curtis. Right now, uh, it's so red Long Island. If you're a Republican, you're going to win. The question is, how do we get... i got to be honest with you, Curtis, okay? Yes. Our candidates were not great. I'm sorry. I had the lady in here with her daughter. Very nice lady. Uh, she wasn't going to beat Gail Brewer in a million years. She was lost. Ari Kagan could barely speak English. I hate to say it. We need better candidates. We need people that are strong and loud, ready to fight, that have charisma. I understand the Democrats are going to win anyway. I get it. But our candidates, I have to tell you, they weren't all that great. They were in here with me. I interviewed almost all of them. None of them bowled me well, over. I tell None you of what. Them. I tell you what. Now that you want to challenge me for mayor, yeah, because I know you're not running in a Democratic primary, no chance no. against your very dear friend who may well be locked up by then, Eric Adams. No, what do you mean locked up? He's in Hollywood. But the first thing <laughs> that I would do, the first thing I would do with you, yeah, I would say, um, oh, Sid Rosenberg, did the FBI notify you? That as somebody close to Eric Ulrich through a letter, 
yeah. that they've been listening to your conversations by phone. Did they send that letter to you? I don't have it? any phone conversations with Eric Ulrich. I, I, but who told everybody, stay away from Eric Ulrich? He's wired up like a Christmas tree. You How many said months that. ago? You said that. So the FBI. But has, Eric Ulrich, uh, as far as I know, there's no court date, none. They have no evidence. This is something that Alvin Bragg brought on because it's a personal deal. Is it not Alvin Bragg? Uh, he does not owe anybody that type of money that the Sid. media has reported Sid. anybody. Sid, I'm I, telling you that for a fact. Have I, have I always been right on these things? A lot of the time, right. yes. The FBI yeah. has notified people close to Eric Ulrich by letter that they have been listening to their conversations by phone. Yes. Now, it does not mean they said that they themselves are the target, <laughs> but it's a warning. And remember, Eric Adams, two months before Alvin Bragg pinched Eric Ulrich, his building's commissioner, at a Bronx meeting with the construction guy, said, Eric, watch your back and watch your phones. Remember? Yes. But people get confused because they're both named Eric, Eric Adams and Eric Ulrich. So let me ask you this. Rudy Giuliani was on yesterday. Yes. Rudy's not a big fan of Eric Adams, but unlike you, and I love both of you, you're both great, unlike you, he tries to find a way to be more diplomatic about the mayor. He really does. Yes. And he said, look, you know, I, I, I criticize the mayor all the time. He said, but I got to tell you, this smells to me like Biden targeting Eric Adams because Adams has been publicly critical of Biden's migration issue. Yeah, you, you buy any you, of that. You keep believing that. Like Bobby Menendez. Oh, but wait a second. Like gold bar, Bobby Menendez guy, with the money in his jacket, the guy, same thing. Your Papa Chula, as you would say, Rudy He's Giuliani He's said. totally wrong. You can't say Rudy's wrong. Rudy's wrong. Oh, you can't Nicole say Malia that. Takis was wrong when she suggested that. Andrew Giuliani was wrong. I know this case. By the way, Eric Adams, has he called you since? He came back from Washington, D.C., shredding paperwork like Lieutenant well, Colonel Ali funny. North with Fawn Hall in Iran-Contra <laughs> 1987. He's been shredding paperwork. He's got burner phones now. Try to reach your very dear friend Eric Adams, right? I got a call yesterday from Paul Borghese, and he's the, the guy that uh, is behind Gravesend, you know, him and Willie DeMeo. And they're making a new movie. It's a true story. Yes. Tony Darrow, Chuck Zito, me, and a few others. Brand new movie. I just found out about this last night. And Borghese is about to call me back today, and he said, I'm going to add, he's got five right now, he goes, I'm going to add probably one or two more actors. Oh, I got it. I got it. You need a black guy. Eric Adams, <laughs> who starred in a romantic comedy, Fairy Tale of New York, a Turkish movie Stop with it. Turks bankrolled by Turks. You can't make this up. Art imitates life. You guys are from Turkey. Brooklyn loves Turkey. Brooklyn is the Istanbul of America. We love your food. We love your music. But I don't understand Turkish. We can take a selfie, though. And in the movie, he looked good in that scene. I saw the scene uh, early this morning on uh, New York One. He looked, he did a good job. Right, but the Turks are asking him for favors. They want uh, a favor from the buildings commissioner because they want to add a floor to their house. Oh, my God. And they want a permit to open up a restaurant. No. Yes. Is that all true? Like your friends, the Petrosians, who hosted, you remember, at Osteria La Bia, whatever the hell that place is, these felons. So art imitates life. By the way, have you talked to Eric lately? He's no, I have not. He's hunkered down in no. his bunker. He's no. not going to Puerto Rico next week. No, with all the big shot Democrats. Oh, he's not. He's in trouble, Sid. Oh boy, he's in trouble. Well, you're the only person who seems to think that's the case. All the other smart people I speak to, 
really believe that he will not go down for this. Yeah, yeah, Ingrid sure. may go down and yeah, Brianna yeah, yeah, may yeah, go yeah. down. And When's his last press conference? When's the last time you saw him publicly? How Sunday come? he spoke at the uh, the church. He speaks oh, yeah, every the Sunday church, at the church. In a black church, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, his, his complexion is his protection. When Bobby Menendez was indicted the first time, first place he went to in Trenton, where Noam Laden is originally from, a black church. Of course, they all seek uh, uh, protection in a black church. So let me ask you this. Yes. If you really believe he's going to go down for this, and I respect you as much as anybody, this seems to be the time when he's most vulnerable. Why wouldn't you? I know you need the money. I get it. 16 ex-wives, 90 kids. I get all that. Why wouldn't you take advantage of the time right now when the mayor is at his most vulnerable stage and announce officially you're running for mayor. Well, because I am the mayor in waiting, the mayor in exile, like Napoleon was on the island of Elba, except I'm with all the caucus on the Upper West Side. But, Sid, what would you do without me Monday through Friday at I, 7 I don't want you to go. No, I don't want you to run. I mean, I do, but I don't. I, I want my city to be better, and I really believe you would do a better job. Sid. But I need you here. So what have I always told you? I yeah. do thousands of hours here a week, right? Yes. WABC, always yes. broadcasting, Curtis. More people listen to me on this segment on one morning, and you've been able to get me on five mornings. You had to fight for that. A lot of people said, don't put him on five mornings. He's making a lot of enemies. He's not making friends. Still do, by the way. In fact, I have an agreement (laughs) with John Katsimatidis. If you're wrong, you're gone. He did say that. If you're wrong, Sliwa, you're gone. You better be right. So I better be right with this FBI notifying people or well, close to Eric Ulrich by letter that they've been listening to their conversations by phone. Uh, maybe you didn't get your letter yet, Sid Rosenberg, and your many friends out in the Rockaways, because that's where he lived when they picked him up and they pinched him. You know, that guy's a rat. He eats the Parmesan cheese. Look at him. He posted a picture of him with a, a fluffy little yarn ball, little puppy dog, a little poodle. What kind of a man's man would put a picture up like that? Other than he's basically saying, don't send me to prison. I don't want to be Bubba Smaytag. I'll never survive in prison. I'll be a transgender. They'll be calling me Miss Ulrich. No, I'll do whatever you want, feds. I'll give up whoever you want. You want me to give up Eric Adams? Just feed me some more Parmesan cheese. By the way, uh, Joe Borelli, you told Sid Rosenberg that you talk to Eric Ulrich by phone every week. Remember that, Sid? Hey, did you get your letter, Councilman Joe Borelli and other Republicans out there that I warned you, do not talk to this rat. He's wired up like a Christmas tree. Once again, Sliwa right, and the rest of you wrong. Enjoy your sit-down when they make you queen for a day with the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office. Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC.
The great Eric Clapton here with uh, Cocaine. Been a great show already. Both Frank Morano and Curtis Slee were terrific. Still to come, Brian Kilmeade. He's always great. The new winner in the Bronx, the big upset yesterday, Christy Mamorado will join me. Jackie Goldschneider, one of the stars of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Peter King, Alan Dershowitz. And we'll talk to Anthony D'Esposito, who's on that group, who wanted to censure and did censure Rashida Tlaib. So a lot of really, really good guests about to come your way. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Back on Sid and Friends in the Morning. You know the guy that comes on after me. You know him, you love him. I know I do. One of the stars of Fox and Friends every morning on Fox News. His own terrific program, 9 p.m. Saturday nights on Fox News called One Nation. And, of course, again, right after me, Brian Kilmeade, the pride of Massapequa. No, it's not the Baldwins. It's not the Baldingers. It's not even Rex Hewerman. It's the great Brian Kilmeade. Good morning, Brian. Wait a second. Seinfeld's on the other line. He said, what about me? Yeah, you're right. I, throw him I in there. think I have to come in second. <laughs> yeah. You know, on a serious note, though, uh, Long Island, and we'll talk a lot about it this morning, but um, both Nassau and Suffolk County, I, some lady Instagrammed me last night at the gym, and she said they just found swastikas somewhere in Farmingdale. So I reached out right away to, to Peter King, and I said, Pete, what's going on? He really wasn't aware of it. He reached out to Nassau County Police Commissioner Pat Ryder. He knew nothing about it. But the more I read into this, it's not just Nassau. It's Nassau and Suffolk County. There are schools right by the 110 uh, expressway, I heard. Swastikas are popping up all over Long Island, Brian. What the hell's going on there? Yeah, I saw Syosset, as I mentioned in the talk in New York. Um, uh, uh, you'll hear it coming up. I heard Syosset, as well as uh, another school out in Suffolk County, Comac. They found one in the bathroom. They found one in the middle school. I mean, this could be just these same clowns that, that use graffiti to talk about their gangs or to talk about uh, a group. I don't see a lot of anti-Semitism on Long Island, and I did speak to a lot of people about it, and they go, we really don't have a problem. So for some knuckleheads, it's happening. What is it? Anti-Semitism up 345% since the attacks when there should be people rallying around the Jewish community. Now all of a sudden you have enemies rearing their ugly heads or confused young men and women who think they have a, a, a cause in the Palestinian Hamas movement. I'm not sure, but I mean, the only thing I'd say is stand up, stand strong. You got, you can't knuckle under to these idiots and you got to make these people pay the price. They probably have no idea what that, what a swastika actually means. No, you're right. And that's why every now and then when somebody's got a camera phone and catches somebody, I know a big story today is a legal aid attorney, public defender, Victoria Ruiz has resigned because she is one of the many people that got caught tearing down hostage posters in uh, New York City. And uh, a lot of them, when they get caught, mind you, are really nasty. They just don't care. She wasn't because she knew she had a lot to lose, and she did lose it. 
But I like to see folks out there in the streets, uh, like that construction worker a couple of weeks ago, Big Paulie, who actually went up to a guy and threatened to punch him across the face. And that's what Jewish people and non-Jews, who are disgusted and disturbed by those October 7th attacks, Brian Kilmeade, that's what they need to do. Because if you're silent, you're complicit. you got to stand up and say, uh-uh, Jew or non-Jew. How about 100,000 people in D.C.? I mean, do these, you think these people really understand the Middle East? Really understand the Balfour Agreement in the 20s? They really understand what happened in World War II? Probably don't even know who was fighting for who. And then they don't know, uh, how the homeland and how Israel had this homeland and said, I'm fine with this strip of land. And, uh, when the Palestinians or whatever they were called then, the Arab community was offered the other half, they said, screw that. Let's declare war. And then after, when when Israel kept winning that war, 48 and 67 and 73, they would take buffer zones to come back, never attacked, only defended themselves. And how the Palestinians walked away and almost ruined the Clinton presidency and the Oslo agreements, how they revisited it and how Hamas wins every election and who their own goal is to wipe out every Israeli slash Jew and wipe out that entire country, not work with. This isn't a matter of Israel saying, I want more land and the Palestinians shouldn't exist. Do you know 18,000 stream through the Gaza gates to work in Israel daily? They got v- passes to go through? Well, not only I know that, but, but so bad. Let me, let me give you a heads Come up. On. Yeah, let me give you a heads up. A lot of those people that you're talking about were the young men that were working uh, in construction on some of the homes just outside of Gaza on the Israel side. And they were fixing these people homes, you know, on Shabbos. They would have them stay and have dinner. These were the same scumbags that showed up on October the 7th. After providing Hamas with intelligence about these people, they showed up after having dinner there, getting paid by these Israelis. They treated them like family. They showed up that Saturday morning, raped their daughters, and killed their parents. Not just allowed them to work, but treated them nicely. That's how they got repaid. Sid. Backing up our point, who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? Uh, who, who, what is this occupation force that, that Barack Obama brought up? The occupation of what? He hates the Jews. Occupation of what is he, hates he talking the Jews. about? He, Barack Obama hates the Jews. I don't want to hear about it. He's a Reverend Wright buddy. He's a Farrakhan buddy. He used to send them pallets of cash. The very last executive thing that Barack Obama did, literally in the middle of the night before he left the White House, was send a, 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 a pallet of cash to Gaza, which he knew went straight to Hamas, and his little his little uh, student there, Joe Biden, he's no different because Joe Biden can have all the press conferences he wants, Brian Kilmeade, and tell us how much he's there for Israel and loves Israel. But he's the same guy. He's the same guy that loosened the sanctions, that never enforced any restrictions, that is only a couple of months away from giving Iran $6 billion. The same guy that denied early on Iran had any involvement, talks out of both sides of his mouth, so whether it's Barack Obama and Joe Biden who govern together, neither one of those guys are a fan of the Jews. And now I believe Joe Biden is being exposed. Listen, when he came out and said a couple of days ago, no one's hands are clean. Screw you. What are you talking about? Nobody. Don't get me in your little assessment. Don't don't stand above me and tell me or anybody else uh, whose hands are dirty or clean here. There was a massacre on October 7th. That should be your sole focus. I don't need a professor to explain to me what it all means.
I appreciate his talent. He's a wonderful communicator, especially what we're dealing with now. But what he says, it almost is like a five-second delay. It comes out so smooth and eloquent. And I go, oh, that was kind of cool. And then I listen. I think about his words. I go, what did he just say? Oh, you're talking about Obama. Right. Obama. Yeah. And then Biden, I, who knows what he's doing. He actually, I'm watching the implosion of the Democratic Party in before your eyes. I'm not sad about it. But they're chanting Genocide Joe for backing up Israel, after which there's no choice that he has after October 7th. You could be the most anti-Semitic president ever. Uh, America's got one ally in the middle, real ally in the Middle East, and they've always stood by our back and will do it again. And now he's already pressuring them to have a humanitarian pause. That would let Hamas fight another day. That would be a disaster. So Barack Obama saying the same thing. He actually undercut Joe Biden in saying it. You know, it's funny. You talked about the Democrat Party is imploding. And hopefully that's going to be the case around the country, starting, of course, in 2024 when my dear friend Donald Trump becomes president again. But not here in New York. Yesterday was Election Day, and I know Christy Mamorado got a shocking big victory in the Bronx, and people like Vicky Palladino and Ina Vernikov held on to their seats. And I also like Ed Romaine. I don't like Steve Ballone. I think he was also complicit. He's a guy that actually gave a promotion to that crooked police chief through all those Gilgo murderers. He's, he's a very shady guy, Ballone. But I like Ed Romaine. I'm glad he won yesterday. But once again, a bunch of alleged rapists and cop haters won most of the elections here in New York. City. I don't understand why these people, do they not see how really the city has completely fallen apart? That election after election, Democrats continue to win in New York. How does that happen? Well, the same thing. I'm watching what happened in Virginia, too. They say the suburbs and the cities won heavily for the Democrats. And I'm thinking, why? Because they want high crime? You know, because they want a broken border. They want homeless in the streets. Uh, they want people out of the jails. I don't I don't even get it. So to me, especially on the cusp of Washington, you see the, the craziness in Washington, D.C., chaos. I, I don't get it. I, I, I mean, it just baffles me. It, they keep saying it's ab- about abortion. But in New York, it's that's not even an issue. They tried to pin that on Zeldin. But. I no one expects anything different from the inner city. But, you know, I, I don't know what I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. It's disheartening. It really is. I actually told my guys this morning, I got a five year plan. Unless I'm making a ton of money here, a ton of money. I'm going back to Florida. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, I love Trump more than DeSantis, but DeSantis does do a good job of governing that state. The weather is great. It's a red state. They don't deal with this nonsense. There was a kid at FAU University last week in Boca Raton, some young girl who was mouthing off at a pro-Palestinian rally. They knocked her to the ground, nearly knocked the crap out of her. I love seeing stuff like that. I got to watch almost every night here in, in New York City, Brian, whether it's Bay Ridge three weeks ago. The Brooklyn Bridge two weeks ago, the Manhattan Bridge last night, all these pro-Palestinians, they don't even know what the Palestinians are. They're a bunch of dopey young kids, rich and not rich, looking for a cause. They're the same people that march in BLM parades. They're just troublemakers, anarchists, George Soros kids who are looking to cause a whole bunch of trouble. They have no idea what the hell's going on in the Gaza Strip. Absolutely. And this takes understanding. You know, you look at the George Floyd and go, well, that was bad. What happened to George Floyd? I think I'm going to get, you know, grab a mask and start uh, uh, smashing the window at Starbucks. All right. Bad move. Don't agree with it. But they know what they're doing. 
I don't think any of these people fully understand what they're doing. And if you carry a Hamas flag, do you realize that's like being pro-murder? Probe cutting off a baby's head and putting it in a Well, they, they'll try to tell you it's not a Hamas flag. It's a Palestine flag, even though, morons, there is no place called Palestine. They're in the Gaza Strip, thanks to the Israelis. There is no Palestine, so they call it a Palestinian flag. And if I hear one more time Biden and uh, and, and Hochul and these other people talking about Islamophobia, Kareem Jean-Pierre, don't confuse all Palestinians with Hamas. Here's what I can tell you. They teach their second-grade kids to hate and go kill Jews. So I'm not sure how many, quote-unquote, innocent Palestinians there are. But I can tell you this, a lot of Palestinians, Hamas or not, enjoy it when Jews are dead. I promise you that. Uh, listen, something's going to change. It's not without, well, we're looking about the Middle East and it'll never change. Things are changing. I don't know what is better, Hezbollah to get involved or not get involved, because they're only going to be stronger in a couple of years. And it's going to be hard to get on this war footing again unless something as horrific, and I hope it doesn't, happens like October 7th. But Hezbollah needs to be wiped out. Uh, Hamas is on the, in the, on the cusp of being destroyed. And then if we get a normal president in, they could understand foreign policy. Finally, Iran will be encircled and will go back to maximum pressure. And then things, things will uh, get better. You know, I have not seen, I've, I watch all these guys. I was watching the BBC the other day, trying to see any Palestinian that made any sense, leaders, they either the BBC, the, the head of the Hamas, denied that any civilians were killed, right. and the other one would not. The other one was uh, interviewed on Face the Nation, a Palestinian with the PAL or whatever that is, Palestinian Authority, denied that um, any civilians were killed. The other one would not condemn the October seventh attacks. So please show me a partner, a Palestinian partner, that would make people feel good if they uh, feel safe if they were running things in Gaza. I can't find one. No, I can't find one either. And they do that. They deny it. They say this is all Israeli and American propaganda. There are no hostages. Nobody died. I mean, these are really sick bastards. I mean, really sick. So finally, in the final 60 seconds here, Brian Kilmeade, the great Brian Kilmeade, you talked about getting a leader in the White House, and that was Trump. Bottom line is, none of this was going on. None of it. No Ukraine, Russia. China was not flirting with attacking Taiwan. There was no wars in the Middle East. Inflation wasn't this high. Interest rates weren't this high. The world was a ten times better place when my friend was in office. And they can charge him all they want. Four indictments, ten indictments. He's in court this week. His daughter's in court today. It's all nonsense. He's going to win. He's going to win the primary easily. He now leads Biden in five of the six major swing states. He's not going to jail for an extended period of time. Donald Trump is going to win. I am really confident saying that this morning. And we're close now. We're not a year out. We're not two years out. The primaries start literally in a couple of months. Do you feel the same way? As of right now, if the election was right now, uh, he wins. What's going to happen in a year? If you told me we were going to be at a, a massive war, Israel at war, probably would have said, no, nah, come on, who's, who's going to hit Israel at the point where they're, they might have a forefront war? Uh, who's going to, uh, uh, what is Joe Biden going to do that's going to divide his own party? What is Matt Gates going to do to embarrass his whole party? So all that stuff was not predicted. So I'm willing to be humble enough to know I don't know what's next. But I think that if Trump has the best team around him, if he plays the game to win, you know, 
Let's think about the 1990 Giants where they had to stop the Buffalo Bills. They had to run the ball. If they passed the ball with Hostetler, they would have lost. But they had to run the ball. They needed a strategy to hold, to keep that offense off the field. Get the strategy that closes out. This Right now he's up by four, winning in every battleground state except Wisconsin. Get the strategy that closes it out and know that the only thing Democrats will run on is your, uh, you will destroy the country. Though you're an extremist that will destroy the country and be out for revenge, you can't elect him. That's the only thing they'll run on. So he has to understand that, not overreact to it, but game plan against it. And I do have one announcement. Teddy and Booker T came out yesterday. Extremely proud of this show I put together. It took me a year. The book through two and a half. And the specials on Fox Nation. You'll get an idea of these two great Americans. And I'm so close to selling out in Red Bank, New Jersey. Our signal is... Is pretty strong. So if you can go to the Vogel Thursday night, we're almost sold out where I get on stage and, and talk about well, America's past through the books and have some fun. I hear those shows are spectacular. I'm not just blowing smoke away because I love you. I hear your live shows are spectacular. Oh, Booker thanks. T and Teddy, man, congratulations. And I love the uh, the O.J. Anderson reference. He did win the MVP that day when Scott Norwood missed a field goal against the Giants. And you're right. Parcell yeah. said, let's keep Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, and Andre Reid off the field. We'll have a chance to win. And they did just that. Like you do. Every week on this show, Brian Kilmeade, like the 90 <laughs> Giants, you win. So thank you so much. And like, unlike Thurman Thomas, I don't forget my helmet. <laughs> That's true. He did do that. Uh, so did Emmett. They both did that, actually, in Super Bowls against yes. each other. Hey, Brian, have a great day. You're amazing, buddy. Thank you. All right. Stay within yourself, Sid. I love that message. My favorite. Brian Kilmeade, folks, follows me every weekday morning here on WABC, Fox and Friends, and 9 p.m. his own show. It's a great one. One Nation, Saturday nights on Fox News. More to come. Very exciting 8 o'clock hour, including Real Housewives of New Jersey star Jackie Goldschneider. We'll also talk to Pete King. Keep it right here, Sid, on a Wednesday. Sanctuary Maids. In the morning, 77 WABC. Three on the program, three guests this hour. We'll talk to Congressman Peter King. We'll talk to one of the stars of Real Housewives of New Jersey, Jackie Goldschneider, Jewish. But I'm very proud of this uh, young lady. She gets the win in Bronx yesterday, and a uh, huge upset, the biggest upset. Although I didn't think it was all that big an upset. When you consider her brother, Mike Rendino, is a power guy with the GOP. And I know that uh, where she won, they always vote Democrat. I know that. But clearly they had had enough. I wish more neighborhoods felt the same. 
So congratulations to Christy Mamorado. She's a winner last night, and she joins me right now, fresh off her New York One appearance. Christy, congratulations. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Nice to have you on. This is uh, this is where you should be, by the way. I mean, no disrespect to New York One, but uh, they don't vote for people like you, just so you know that. In fact, well, you uh, never invited me. Uh, you're invited whenever you want now. Errol Lewis hates people Thanks. like you, just so you know. But uh, <laughs> I, I never forget, just I never forget. Uh, but let's get to you. Uh, you know, you had this uh, great campaign. You win, which is spectacular. What do you think it was, Christy? Do you think it was the great campaign you ran do you think it was that the uh, the Bronx has had enough of Marjorie Velasquez? Combination of both. I think it was definitely a combination of both. People were just fed up with what we have as councilwoman. They were fed up with the fact that they had no longer had say of what's happening in their neighborhoods and their community. And I put a lot of work into this. I had three jobs throughout this campaign process. Number one, mother. Number two, campaigning. And three, I worked in a hospital full time. That was a lot. Consistent, yeah, it is a lot. It is a lot. lot. Yeah, and I know you. You know, listen. uh, Even on this show, I'm not going to lie to you. Curtis Sliwa, for example, you know he, him and uh, your brother Mike, they go at it pretty good. Although I will tell you that Curtis and I had something in the New York Post a couple of days ago. You were in it where we endorsed our 12 candidates, and you were one of them. We had one. You're welcome. And it really was Curtis more than me. Curtis said, "These are the pro cop people we want to win." You were one of them. And, of course, your opponent was was one of them who was not. But there's a lot of talk about nepotism, and she's Mike's sister, and blah, blah, blah. Clearly you overcame that with the victory, but that had to be tough for a little while, no? It's absolutely tough because, you know what, if I was a man, they would never bring this up. They would never bring up my track record, my family history, nothing like that. But because I'm a woman, they want to immediately say nepotism. But you know what? I put the hard work in. I won two primaries and an election. So, I mean, that should just prove it that I, I put the time and the effort and the work in, and it's not nepotism. So what were some of the things, uh, your platform, clearly pro-cop, that's a huge one for people like me. Uh, what else do you think you said to the people in the Bronx that ensured your victory last night? Um, you know what? They're looking to upzone our entire community. And we live in the neighborhood we live in because it's low density. It's I always call it like the suburbs of the city. And people want to maintain that feel. And we know with our current administration, she's going to look to upzone the entire district. And we didn't want that. You look at it now, and we've got six uh, with your victory last night, Christy, and, and uh, Ari Kagan's loss, six Republicans which is a lot more than we had uh, for the last 30 years. That That's the good news. Still not nearly enough for my liking, but six yeah. is still pretty good. How do you feel about that? I feel great. I feel great. I feel like the momentum's going to start picking up, and hopefully we can get more seats in the future. You know, I hope this just shows people that we, we got this. Uh, Ari Kagan was somebody that I endorsed very heavily, along with you and Ina Vernikov and Vicky Palladino, and I really wanted Tiffany Cabantalu. She's a horrible person. Uh, but uh, Kagan didn't win. In fact, didn't even compete. Justin Brandon killed him. I know you have to work with Justin now, so you're going to be a little careful as to what you have to say, but I'm sure you had your heart in other races as well. And for us, at least, that was very disappointing. What about you? Listen, I'm looking forward to working with everybody. I work in the real world where it doesn't matter your political affiliation, your gender, your sex, anything like that. It's just all about working together and, you know, getting things done. You know, that's such a nice way of saying it. But the truth is, Christy, and I fight with uh, relatives and friends all the time, there is such a dynamic difference in philosophy between Republicans and Democrats 
It's just not close from open borders to closed borders to uh, bring in as many migrants as you want, to no thank you, we don't want them, to bail reform, to keep criminals in jail, to how we treat police nicely or not nicely. I mean, it just goes on and on. So when you say, I'm going to work with these people, you have no choice. You have to. But the truth is, we're, we're like light years apart in just about every opinion. And, and that's okay. That's what makes the world go round. But you have to come to some kind of common ground and you have to come to an understanding with one another and that's that's the only way we're going to be able to do anything for this city so in wrapping this up christy and again congratulations i'm really happy you won your you're kind of uh, outside of long island you're the you're the prize this morning you're for republicans you're the absolute prize what do you need to get on uh, to work on right away uh, in your district in the bronx to fix we got to stop the Just Home Initiative from coming to Jacoby Hospital. we got to do everything we can to stop the project from happening, and that's a Rikers release program they're putting right smack in the middle of a residential area. You are obviously, like uh, most sane people like me, I don't. I not only don't want to keep Rikers Island. I want to send everybody there, from the homeless to the migrants to criminals. If you don't belong on the streets, you go to Rikers. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know what? I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people need to be there. I'm, I'm all about keeping Rikers open as well. All right. Well, listen, congratulations again, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, to you serving on this council and making uh, the right decisions and, and fight these other horrible people. The horrible people, just so you know. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right, Christy. Take care. Uh, Christy gets the win in the Bronx. A shocking victory. Gnome called it this morning. Using the company's what, new- word, what word did you use? Was it shocking? What was the word you used today, Gnome? When Christy uh, Mamarato won, it was a huge upset, a shocking upset. What exactly was the the adjective you used this morning in describing Christy's win? Do you remember? There's no one doing something else right now. I think he's doing something else. All right, we'll wrap it up here. We'll come back. We have like five more great guests to come. Coming up next, she's one of the big stars on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. A very, very big voice. For the Jewish people. I love her husband, Evan. One of my favorite folks on Bravo. Jackie Goldschneider hops on Sid and Friends in the morning. Next. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC.
One of the more underrated Bruce Springsteen songs ever. Great tune, Bobby Jean, off of the Born in the USA album. I did say album. That's how you know I'm getting old. <laughs> I am getting old, man. 57 in, in April, God willing. So we had a couple of uh, great guests already today. Of course, Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Brian Kilmeade, and moments ago, Christy Mamorado. More great guests to come. Congressman Peter King out of Long Island will join me in about 15 minutes. The great attorney Alan Dershowitz and Long Island congressman right now, currently Anthony D'Esposito, on how they are uh, censuring Rashida Tlaib. But they won't stop there. They're going to go up to Omar as well. Maybe AOC. We'll see. But my next guest is one of the stars on The Real Housewives of New Jersey on the Bravo Channel. And her husband, Evan, is one of my favorites. I've had all those guys in studio many times. Frank Catania, Joe Gorga, Joe Beningo. But Evan's my guy. Michigan guy, big sports fan. And his wife, Jackie, is one of the loud and proud voices for the Jewish people. You know, the housewives, there's a lady named Siggy Flicker, for example, she was on New Jersey. She moved to Florida. She's great friends with Donald Trump. She's a huge Israel supporter. And just the other day, I had Dr. Ira Savetsky in studio. And his wife, Lizzie, Lizzie Savetsky, is also a huge voice. So it's nice to see that at least uh, that uh, franchise, the Housewives on Bravo Channel, there's three ladies now who speak loudly for the state of Israel. And one of them is, in fact, my friend Jackie Goldschneider. Jackie, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well, Sid. How are you? I'm very, I'm very well. Thank you. So let's start with this. Um, my news guy, Noam Layden, he is a uh, Bravo junkie, housewife junkie. And before we talk about Israel and important stuff, he wants to know why Margaret thinks you don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Margaret and I just had, you know, we had a um, a falling out, but. Um, you know, well, it remains to be seen what happens. But it's not that I don't like her. I, I do like Margaret. We just, um, we're not seeing eye to eye these days. You know how it works with these shows. If you stay on these shows long enough, you will have a falling out with every one of them. Teresa, oh, Dolores, Jen, yep. every one of them, right? Yep, you'll cycle through everyone. That's right. That's how the show works. Thank God our families aren't that way. <laughs> yeah, as long as your marriage stays intact, you know, the friends can circulate. Right, they can come and go, exactly. Yeah. How was uh, was Vegas fun? Um, It was very fun, but it was exhausting. But I will say BravoCon this year ran very smoothly. It did, because I know the last couple of, well, first of all, lost a couple of years because of covid and then yeah. it was back, I guess, here in New York. So taking it on the road to Vegas, that had to yeah. be uh, just a complete blast. Did you guys did you all stay in the same hotel? Um, I think all the housewives stayed in one hotel. The other Bravo shows were in another hotel. And then all the events were at an, um, another hotel. Right. So did you guys get any fist fights like you and Phaedra maybe or you and uh, no, Ramona? No, no, no. no I no. love Phaedra. I'm not no. fighting with Phaedra. <laughs> um, no, not me personally. I didn't hear about any fist fights over the weekend. Oh, that sucks. Oh, that's not your personality anyway. You're a very likable person. I will say this oh, before we get to the Israel talk. I mean that. Um, you know, your battles, and I've had my battles over the years. I've been very public about those. Uh, I have been. And you have, too, with uh, eating disorders and stuff like that. And for a lot of young girls who watch Real Housewives, a lot of young girls, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, you prove to be very, very courageous, Jackie. Oh, thank you. I mean, if you're not using this platform to do some good, then what are you doing? 
No, I agree. And uh, that was uh, some good stuff. And now here you are, one of the uh, big Israel voices. I mentioned Siggy Flicker and Lizzie Savetsky and others who have stepped to the forefront. You're a very, very proud Jew. In fact, every time I put something on my Instagram page about the Jewish people, even before these attacks back on October the 7th, I could always count on a like from Jackie Goldschneider. That's how you were raised, yes? Yeah, well, my mother's Israeli. So, um, but you know, I've never, I've never felt this connected to being Jewish until now. You know what's funny about what you just said? I was um, in a household where my father grew up in Coney Island, Jackie. He was like a conservative Orthodox Jew. He took it very seriously. And I went to Yeshiva my whole life, the whole thing. And then I got married, and my kids went to the JCC. Danielle and I spent a fortune of money. But we really kind of moved away. We would go to shul on the high holy days and the first two nights of Passover, but hardly religious. And I tell you what, much like you just said, what Hamas did on October the 7th, and I've said this often, they brought out the Jew in me. You know, we joined the temple since then. We've been to a Shabbat service. So if anything, to your point, those attacks on October 7th made me and maybe you even more Jewish. Yes, absolutely. Are you doing anything differently these days than you did before these attacks? Um, I'm definitely trying to connect more to the Jewish people in my life. Um, Religious-wise, I mean, there hasn't been really any holidays. I mean, we had my children's bar mitzvah, uh, B'nai mitzvah, my twins. Um, I think that I made it, I was more connected to that ceremony. Um, but in terms of my life, I'm just really trying to speak out. I mean, I'm definitely not in the category of Lizzie Savetsky. She's amazing. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to do my part and speak out um, and really connect with the Jewish people in my life and make sure they feel supported. I know Evan is uh, your husband uh, is uh, is a pretty quiet guy. You know, he's not he never really feels comfortable with the whole TV thing. And I'm sure you've had fights about it. I'm yeah. sure you have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but when you get to know Evan, he's a really soft, lovable guy. I mean, he's strong and all that good athlete, but soft, lovable guy. And I know he's proud of his heritage. So has he been talking more about that lately? Or is he still kind of quiet, though, Evan? Evan? Evan is so fired up over all of this. He's really angry. He's um, disgusted. Uh, he has a lot to say, but I often don't let him say it out loud. <laughs> yeah, let him go. I'd like to keep my job. No, let him go. The job is not that important. You know, because, you know, in my life, Jackie, in the past, I've been around people, and so have you, that have made fun of the Jewish people, made jokes. And I'll be honest, I didn't punch him in the face. I laughed. Ha, 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 that's funny. Uh, I would warn people right now, I'm kind of past that. If you think it's okay at this point to do that, you're going to find out it's not. But I'm guilty of that in the past. Somebody made a joke about a Jew, and I, you know, I'm not very con confrontational. I kind of laughed it off, but I'm not like that these days. And I would hope you're not either. Yeah, I know you work well, in the entertainment you, industry. You, you have to be, be careful. You can't be, right? You can't be. You look at the statistics on uh, anti-Semitism and hate crimes right now, and you let that go and people think it's okay. All the Jewish voices need to be, and more than Jewish voices, but every Jew needs to be speaking up and saying that this is not okay. Are there people reaching out to you that are Bravo fans, real housewife fans that are Jewish looking for you to maybe do more or, or yes. even just for some comfort? Yes. I mean, when I post something at the beginning, I was posting all the time. Um, and then it was more sporadic and I have a few things on my feed that just live on my page, but, um, people really appreciate when I do post about it. And when I don't, I just get a lot of comments like, why aren't you posting for Israel? 
Right. Um, and, but I get a ton of hate. Oh. You do. And, and again, your Instagram, I believe, is at Jackie Goldsnyder. It's your name, right? At Jackie Goldsnyder. So, yeah. and, and I get hate too, but, uh, what kind of hate are you getting? I mean, have you received any death threats? Anything as serious as that? Or just no, shut up, I, to? I, yeah, I haven't received any death threats, but often if I get, um, a hate message, I won't read the whole thing. Um, it's mostly that when I post something about Israel or I post something about the hostages, I get a lot of, but what about? Right. Um, right. And of course, I mean, anyone with a heart, like you feel empathy for what's going on in the entirety of the region. Like nobody wants any civilians to be hurt, but it's not a this or that. I mean, how you can rip down posters of kidnapped children and, um, and and discard you know people's you know worries about what happened on October seventh and what's going on and what Hamas wants to do to the Jewish people. I just don't understand how you make it a this or that situation. I like your father when he would show up uh, on the show. I like that he'd come backyard, have some breakfast with you, have a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to be furious, yes. He, um, you know, what? I think maybe that's that's Siggy's father. He was the Holocaust professor. Oh, that's survivor. right. I did yeah, get confused. Yeah, my dad, my dad in the backyard, we talked about eating disorders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I, do, I remember that. So, so Evan, I think, went to Michigan. Did he not go to Michigan? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's very proud. Right, he's very proud of the Wolverine. So so my son, for example, Gabriel, my daughter's already in college in Europe, but my son, Gaby, he's 14. He's in high school, and thank God it's still four years away because when he leaves, I'm finished. But eventually we got to talk about colleges, and Michigan's a great school. But when you look around the country at all these schools, the best schools in the country, the best, Ivy League schools, Jackie Goldschneider, schools like Michigan that are all having these massive pro-Palestinian rallies, and like four Jewish kids show up because they're scared to death that are pro-Israel. How disheartening is that as we get set to send our next generation of kids to college? I mean, it makes me sick to my stomach that my friend's children are afraid to walk around campus. I have friends with kids at Cornell, um, with kids at Binghamton, with kids at uh, uh, schools with, you know, credentials that are amazing and they're even at michigan like it's terrifying and um you know i've never been super political i've never voted along party lines if anything i lean democrat but um you know what these kids are being taught at school by like super liberal professors is just terrifying well you ought to follow your husband's lead and my lead yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten other people to move from Democrat to Republican. We've even seen some very famous political figures, people like Dove Hikind and Tulsi Gabbard. They were Democrats their whole lives. And not to make this too political, because I know Bravo doesn't like that, but um, every lousy policy, everyone, from bail reform to how they treat Jewish people to how they let criminals out in 15 minutes, every one of these that keep New Jersey and New York unsafe and keep Jewish people unsafe Everyone are Democrat policies. I'm just saying, Jackie. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have definitely seen things about um, both sides that I don't like, but it's, it's hard for me to be, you know, to side with a party with someone like Rashida Tlaib. You there, know, I, I you just, it's really hard. So say this with me as we close out this great interview. You ready? Say it yeah. with me. Trump. 2024. <laughs> <laughs> <It's not. laughs>
Like my voice box will not let that come out. Andy, Andy Cohen will kill you. That's the last thing I want. Trust me. If I had Andy on this show before, I know where he comes from. Anyway, and Michael Rappaport will never talk to you again. Uh, listen, oh, yeah. you're great, and I'm really happy that you've taken the lead in this. And, uh, you know, you say you know Lizzie Savetsky, but that's not true. You've got a huge loyal audience who loves you, and uh, you keep talking, Evan, too. Because uh, Jewish people like me, we need people like you, me, you, others who have a voice to be out there and continue to call out all of these horrible, horrible things that are going on with our people, not just in Israel, but all across the country. So thank you so much. And thank you, Sid, for, for using your voice as well. Thank you, Jackie. Good to talk to you. Saw it happen for me, okay? All righty. Talk to you soon. Take care. Excellent job right there, folks. That is one of the stars of Real Housewives of New Jersey. She's a good person. There's a good family. Her and Evan and the kids. Jackie Goldschneider. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Bonnie Raitt, today's um, her birthday, is that right? Louis Rafino, the great 70, Bonnie Raitt. 74, the great Bonnie Raitt. 74. She looks about she's 74, so. She can sing, though. Yes. But I like Bonnie Tyler more because I like that song, um, Total Eclipse of the sing Heart. Sing it. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. No, yes, when, you when we play maybe it, later you'll I will. You'll, you'll but when you, say, uh, when you play it later, I'll sing You're it. You're yes. going to sing it. But I've got more important stuff to do right now, Louis. Do you realize that last night there were historic victories in Nassau County out on Long Island despite 100,000 more registered Democrats? Democrats are changing their tune. You heard Jackie Goldschneider just now, folks. I can no longer vote for a party that includes Rashida Tlaib. Alan Dershowitz is coming up at 9.15. He has come a pubic hair close to saying the same thing. He better say it today. It's enough already, folks. You cannot be a Jew, really anyone, but really a Jew in this country and vote Democrat. And Nassau County, not just Jews, but a whole bunch of them have come to that crashing realization despite being outnumbered. With that said, here's a Nassau County resident in my lifetime, along with Rudy Giuliani, the best politician in the history of New York, former congressman, Homeland Security leader, the great Peter King. Pete, good morning. How are you? I said I'm doing great. After last night, I mean, Joe Cairo and the Republicans, as you were saying, there's 100,000 more Democrats. Uh, there are areas in Nassau County. We are not uh, reelected to supervise for North Hempstead since 1989. We were North Hempstead, Hempstead, 
city of Glen Cove. We swept the city council in uh, Long Beach. We increased the supermajority on the county legislature. And I tell you, what it shows, I think, is you have to be strong and disciplined. And politics is a full-time, 24-7, 365-day uh, uh, operation. You can't just jump in at the end. You can't just appear out of nowhere. Uh, you have to have a solid, sustained campaign. I mean, Joe Cairo with John McLaughlin as our main pollster, they are polling throughout the year. They're seeking out candidates that are known in the community, candidates that are articulate, candidates that can make the point, candidates that aren't going to go off on their own for the sake of going off on their own. You can be independent, but you can't be a uh, you know freelancer. And it was great. I mean, we won seats. The first time I ran for Congress, show you how things have changed. In 1992, it was a close election. When, I, when the first votes came in and I lost the city of Long Beach by two to one, we thought that was a great victory. To get 33% of the vote in Long Beach was considered a victory. And, then, and, and I, I ended up winning and I only about 8,000 votes. But that's how, that's how Democrat Long Beach is. We won all three wow. seats last night. And again, of the guys we were at, one was a, a former NYPD, another former FDNY. These are regular people, not partisans per se, but tough law and order, tough against the uh, migrants. Last night, Bruce Blakeman spoke at the big rally we had, and he said Nassau County will never become a sanctuary county. And Cairo, had every night there was something going on. We had massive rallies Saturday morning, Monday night, all day yesterday, the whole uh, headquarters operation. We had headquarters all over Nassau County, getting people out to vote. It's tough. We have 100,000 more Democrats. We have a hostile media. We have changing demographics, any way you want to put it. And yet Nassau being larger than 10 or 11 states, I think it's so we can win if we focus and just don't go off in different directions. And, uh, but you got to be tough. You got, as you said before, unfortunately, not all Republican candidates end up being that articulate. Cairo puts them through. They come in. One time we didn't do it, it was with George Santos. He was a Queens candidate. We got stuck with. That's the only mistake that Cairo has made. It really wasn't his because he was – he was saying it was not a town candidate. Just Queens was well, by the way, this. you can say what you want about George Santos, but he is very articulate. He was on with me a couple of days ago. He did a great interview. Great. <laughs> oh, he, he, he can talk his way out of anything. <laughs> I know. But I want to Even though he wasn't running, Anthony D'Esposito was a key part of his campaign. Yeah, yeah. He was everywhere. He's like an animal, that guy. He goes everywhere. Campaign. I love him. And he gave the best speech last night. I thought, of all the winning candidates, he wasn't even running. But his speech last night, at the, uh, uh, the, you know, the midnight rally we had after to celebrate was the best. Well, he actually stayed home. He's going to join me in about 37 minutes. He went back Great. to D.C. at 6 a.m. this morning. But he stayed home last night, Anthony, despite knowing there was going to be a vote. He found out later to censure Talib because right. he placed the uh, Long Island priority above what's going on in D.C. So he does love that area. He's a great kid. So let me ask you this. 100,000 more Democrats. Republicans win everywhere. Do you attribute that, uh, Peter King, to Democrats staying home or to even Democrats now voting Republican, some of them? I would say it's a combination of, uh, first of all, Republicans being more enthused, uh, Democrats being less enthused, and some actually turning. Yeah, especially in like the five towns and the uh, Jewish communities, they are shocked by what they're seeing. I mean, uh, in the past, I mean, despite differences I would say 95% of both parties strongly supported Israel. There may be a disagreement, you know, Netanyahu should do this, Rabin should do this, uh, you know, Barack should do this, but it was never anti-Israel. It was always an honest uh, debate. Now there's, an- there's anti-Israel hostility, and somehow the fact that the media and Democrats are treating this, well, you know, they're against Israel, we're for it, we have to try to, 
No, there's, there's no two sides to this issue. The, the, ultimate, the only side is Israel has to win. You can have some discussion over the exact tactics, but to be saying there should be a pause or a timeout or a, 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 a ceasefire is madness. And to talk about genocide, you know, if you said, if you're running for office and you made one racist remark, you'd be banned for life. If you if you were a cheerleader in high school and you're 14 years old and you said something that now can be considered racist, you're losing college scholarship. Meanwhile, these people are out there blasting Jewish people every day. Yeah. I mean, accusing Jews of genocide. That that is a sacrilege to say that. I, I mean, if I said about blacks or gays what Rashida Talib and and, and yeah. Omar say every day, I I never work again. I mean, I probably would because John Katzmatidis doesn't care what people say, and my advertisers would never never bail on me no matter what. But to your point. It's true. They they get away with nastiness, but it's good to see that Anthony D'Esposito and the other members of Congress uh, censured uh, Talib last night. And, and let me tell you, folks, there was uh, uh, more than 20 Democrats, more than 20 Democrats who agreed to censure her, too, not just Republicans. So it looks like, like you're talking about, Peter, and we've talked about this morning with Brian Kilmeade as well, People are waking up, and uh, despite another bad day for Republicans in New York yesterday, even around the country, I mean, Ohio, Kentucky, Virginia, this uh, may be very, very good news for Trump in 2024. But, but going back to yesterday, another bad day for the Republicans. So I guess the real question is, are people waking up or not? I hope so. And I tell you, I left out one element that really helped us in Nassau County, New York City. Remember, we are right there. The west end of Nassau County is bordering right on New York City. And that showed the biggest increase in Republican votes and Republican strength with those communities along the border. Because they see what it's like. And they see all those homos lined up at Creedmoor right across the street from them. They see what's going on. They see the crossover crime that can happen. They know what's going on in the city. So they feel it more than anyone. We do well all over the county. But I saw the greatest impact coming from the west end of Nassau County that borders New York City. They see New York City falling apart. They see New York State falling apart. And they see Bruce Blakeman making it clear time and time again that Nassau County will never be a sanctuary yeah. county. Yeah. Also, to give credit to my neighbor, Ed Romaine, big victory. We've had a uh, the uh, Suffolk County uh, executive has been Democrat for eight years. He was term limited. Ed Romaine came in, won by 14 points, 57% of the vote in Suffolk County, which had been a few years ago, the, the legislature and the DA and the county executive were all Democrat. Now they're Republican. Same thing in Nassau County. We took back in the last three years under Joe Cairo, the county executive, the uh, county DA with Ann Donnelly, supervisor in Hempstead, supervisor in North Hempstead. And these are big deals. Hempstead's 800,000 people. It's bigger than five states. So supervisor sounds like the guy you know, running the local park. Supervisor, that's a big, it's a big deal in Nassau County. And they have real power. So we have... When all this, we got to keep it. We can't screw it up because the demographics are not going to be going with us. The media is not going to be going with us. And uh, the odds are going to be against us all the time. That's Joe Cairo's attitude. He always figures the odds are against him. He never quits. My pollster, John McLaughlin, polls for Joe. When I say pollster, he spots issues before they arise. This guy is amazing what he's been able to do. So we, uh, we're in great shape, but we can't. I mean, Cairo's already called meetings. You know, for next year's campaign. I love that. It's nuts. Love it. No, I love it. That's why, listen, that's why Long Island, uh, you are what you are. I'm very proud of Long Island. I mean, really proud of Long Island. 
the Sears and King Umberto's. Always, always <laughs> King Umberto's, baby. That's I know. That's uh, that's kind of like the uh, Bergen Hunt and Fish Club for John Gotti. <laughs> it's a great restaurant. And, and look, again, I'm very proud of Long Island. I'm thrilled to death for Ed Romain. I personally thought that Steve Ballone was a very, very shady character, and he was a Democrat anyway. So I congratulate Long Island. But there is one minute piece of information on Long Island that's not great which I did discuss with Brian Kilmeade earlier, and that is uh, not everywhere but a couple of places in both counties, schools, and by the 110, we're seeing some swastikas uh, out there. What, what is that all about? Yeah, well, you know, 110 is in Suffolk County. Listen, Suffolk County is a great county. So that, that can happen anywhere, I guess. That that was in, Nassau, in uh, Suffolk County, not Nassau. I can tell you, Pat Ryder has more cops deployed at temples around Nassau County. I was with Pat. All day Monday, I was with them quite a bit yesterday. They are looking at this so carefully. There are different events that are coming up that they're monitoring extremely carefully. Uh, there's, a, believe me, a lot of background work going on in there. So those temples, and mosques, that matter, too. I mean, Ryder does not want anything breaking out anywhere, but we are particularly aware of the threat of anti-Semitism. And so far, and anything can happen, so far, things are very much under control in Nassau County. Uh, Pat Ryder and Bruce Blakeman would not allow anything else. There'd be no equivocation at all, believe me. You got a big uh, pro-Palestinian rally coming up, though, don't you? There's one coming up, and believe me, that is going to be watched very, very carefully, and it's, uh, there'll be no way it's going to be getting out of control. And uh, Are you going to go there and get into fights and stuff? That would be great, Pete. <laughs> Start throwing down. Come on, Pete. You still got it in you. You was wearing Sid Rosenberg, man. That really got going. By the way, Sid, if I go, I want you to go with me because as much as they hate me, they will hate you a lot more. Oh, absolutely. No, they listen. King Rosenberg, not even close. And I want them to hate me. I want. I want to go there with you and cause a whole ruckus. But then y'all get mad. So I'm going to stay home. But on a serious note, I'm proud of you, Peter King. I'm proud of Joe Cairo. I'm proud of Long Island. Way to go, Ed Romaine. Uh, all those other seats you talked about, Hempstead. We've got uh, Blakeman and Romaine now. We've got Republicans. Uh, Long Island is uh, red. Long Island is red. And if the rest of the country would follow suit, I promise you we'd be a much better place. So hopefully you guys you guys kind of uh, set the table, if you will. Well, Joe, Joe Cairo is now appointed uh, to the National Committee. He's, he's a National Republican committeeman in, in, you know, uh, dealing in Washington on, on these issues. So hopefully, you know, they listen to him. Most important of all, I think congratulate Danielle. God, I mean, she'd be able to run. I thought she'd run away from you. <laughs> That's how she got to be so fast, running away from me. But, but in all seriousness, thank you for saying that, Peter. She loves you. I know you love her, too. And it was um, very emotional to watch out, especially I was standing with Steve Sharippa, because his yeah. wife, Laura, finished about the same time as Danielle, right by the finish line, as our ladies uh, came through. And it was it's always special to watch. So thank you for that, I know, Peter. I've known Steve a few years. I met his wife this summer at dinner. What a, what a great lady she is. And of course, I, I was getting nervous listening to her, describing the training for the marathon. I was, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's run a bunch. I think uh, that was her fourth, Danielle sixth. But either way, Sharippa and his family treat that uh, very, very seriously. He's a terrific guy, like you said. And I know you love Steve's Blue Bloods. His first marathon. If yeah. he runs one, I'll run one. <laughs> I don't know. But I know you love that show, Blue Bloods, uh, Peter. You've been on the oh, set. Yeah. I, I love Blue Bloods. Yeah, I met them all. Selick, obviously Steve, Johnny uh, uh, Wahlberg's a great, great guy. I mean, they're great, really good people. They really are. Sometimes you meet people in person, you find out they're jerks. Uh, they, one of them could not be nicer than the other. They are really, really good people. The producers, the director, everybody. It's, it's, and to me, it stands for 
you know, that night at uh, your event with Bill O'Reilly, says the only television show he watches is Blue Bloods. True. No, it is uh, four and away, I think, at this point, the best show on TV. Hey, Peter, another excellent, not good, excellent appearance. I love you to death. Thank you so much, Peter King. Thank you. And make sure you say hello to Anthony for me. He was terrific. He was a star last night. He was terrific. I will tell him you say that. Anthony D'Esposito coming up in about 30 minutes. We'll talk to Alan Dershowitz first. So another exciting hour with two major guests about to come your way as we wrap up at the 8 o'clock hour with the great Congressman Peter King. That's three hours of amazing radio in the books. One more hour to go. I'll be back with Alan Dershowitz. If to know him with the news. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Genius, man. You know you're a genius. I, uh... You're a genius. You just heard from Anthony D'Esposito. Ironically, he's going to join me in about 15 minutes. He's back in D.C. this morning. He's at the very forefront of the House censuring Rashida Tlaib. He's right there at the very top of the line, and he wants more, like I do. Not just Tlaib. I want Omar. I want AOC. I would censure everybody. Anybody who's not 100% pro-Israel, anybody who says, but, you say October 7th, but, you're a Jew hater. So, I bring on Alan Dershowitz for a couple of reasons. First of all, he's brilliant. He really is. He's brilliant. One of the smartest people I'll ever talk to in my lifetime. He's a tremendous attorney. Second of all, he's pro-Israel, like I am. Third of all, he's a Jew from Brooklyn, and he loves Brooklyn like I do. But don't kid yourself. I have more of an agenda, and that is to convince Alan Dershowitz to do what Dove Hykend has done, what Tulsi Gabbard has done, and what more and more Democrats on Long Island proved they did when they made Long Island red last night, and that is to finally leave the party. I don't listen. You want to get have gay marriage? Great. So do I. Your baby's abortion. That's not why you vote for a president, folks. That's not why. You vote for a president to keep you safe and keep your money in the bank. And the Democrats do a horrendous job of that, and they hate us. So that is part of my agenda, to eventually get to the day where Dershowitz says, you're right, Sid, I quit, you're right, I win. And I'm getting closer. I know I am. But I'm not there yet because he's 85 and he's, he can't teach you all, you know, the old dog new tricks. He's going to be stubborn. But I think I'm getting close. We'll find out right now. Dersh, am I getting close? Well, you're getting close on Barack Obama. I have written Oh, he's a scumbag. Uh, he's a scumbag, Barack Obama, please. And making yeah. his analogy between beheading and raping women on the one hand and a questionable occupation, which ended really in 2005 on the other hand. So I'm done. I'm done with Barack Obama. And I'm also on your side. I will support any Republican against any of the squad. And I'm amazed that the squad hasn't been primary, hasn't been defeated. I'm very happy that uh, that Tlaib was uh, sanctioned. I agree with you. I think anybody who refused to condemn the events of October 7th deserves condemnation. 
anybody who says from the river to the sea, which means free of Jews, it means Judenrein, the old Nazi statement. Anybody who says that we have to clean the country of Jews, that's what they're putting up at universities to clean the country. That goes back to the Nazi claim that Jews are dirty, they're filthy, they're German-fested. That's why you clean the country of them. These Hitler youth who are marching at Yale and Harvard and Stanford and other places are the same as the people who marched for Hitler in the 1930s in my neighborhood in Yorkville uh, on 2nd Avenue and uh, 70th Street in New York. And so we have to call it directly and clearly and understand what we're dealing with. We're dealing with young kids who will join the terrorists if they attack the United States. And already we know that has happened back in the 70s. Back in the 70s, the weathermen wanted to blow up Fort Dix and kill American soldiers. And students supported them and joined them. We know that they planted bombs at the University of Wisconsin. We know they were making bombs on 12th Street in the Greenwich Village when the house blew up and killed some of them. So we have a history of fifth column in the United States. And these Hitler youth at universities today, egged on by their professors, tolerated by the presidents of the universities, are the fifth column. And it's coming to a theater near you, even if you don't care about Israel. It's coming to a school near you, a synagogue near you, a church near you. It's here in America because these kids are on the side of violence and Hamas. It is all true what Alan Dershowitz just said, scary and true. I'll ask you this, though. We are still ways off from appeasing me, me personally, ways off. Yeah. But every now and then when I see a construction guy named Paulie confront some guy ripping down signs on the street, when I see this this lady who has now resigned from legal aid because she was ripping down signs, I have seen a couple of names of professors that have been outed, not too many firings, which does bother me, but names of professors that have been outed. I'm seeing a little bit, too little, but a little bit of progress where people are saying, Enough is enough. Are you seeing some of that or or just not enough? Well, we're fighting back, and we have to continue to fight back. We have to name the name of everybody who tears down a sign, everybody who puts up a sign. You know, you have a free speech right to support Hamas. You have a free speech right to support the Nazi Party, to support the Ku Klux Klan. I have a rule for universities, a very simple rule. What would the president of the university do if they were a Ku Klux Klan club that had a statement saying that when blacks are lynched in the South, it's their fault for being uppity. When women are raped, it's their fault for wearing provocative clothing. When gays are shot, it's their fault for their lifestyle. I want to know what the school would do to them and precisely what the school would do to them they should do to students for injustice in Palestine. Yeah, well, well, you know the answer. You the can, same rule has to no, be But it doesn't. You, you know, you, it doesn't. You say anything bad about a black person, a gay person, a transgender, you're canceled for life. You say something bad about the Jews, then they uh, they celebrate you. You know, you did make a promise that you would support any Republican. That's right. And I'd imagine Democrat, too. So I know the rabbis, according to Curtis, are trying to convince George Latimer to primary this real low-life uh, Bowman, Jamal Bowman, I'd have to imagine that if that happens, that George Latimer will get Alan Dershowitz's endorsement, yes? Absolutely. And not only endorsement, I'll go and campaign for him. I'll contribute to them. The same thing with Cory Bush, um, uh, obviously not in New York City, 
But the same thing for any member. That's a commitment from me. I will travel anywhere where they're campaigning against any member of the squad, and I will campaign for them. I will contribute to them. I will help them legally. I'll give them free legal advice. I'll do everything in my power awesome. to uh, support them That's and awesome. to oppose the squad. I love it. So, Alan, tell me this. You're a constitutional attorney and a brilliant man. So, you know, the there seems to be – it's a little murky – uh, the First Amendment, like you just said, hey, you know, Ku Klux Klan, Nazis, you can you can say what you want, do what you want. That's your First Amendment. But then there's hate speech that comes into play. So when the Palestinian uh, parties, these rallies, get together three, four, five thousand at a time, and they start to say things like death to the Jews, they say that. Get up from rivers to the sea. Death to the Jews. When does it become hate speech, and when can you actually break something like that up? Well, there are two issues. Number one, if you incite people immediately. If there's a Jew walking down the street or somebody like in California carrying a flag of Israel and somebody says, get him, that's not protected speech. That's number one. But they number killed two, him. By the way, they killed that poor guy at the I gas know, station, Mr. Kessler. Yes. And that's not protected speech if there was an incitement. The second is if you give material aid to a designated terrorist group, which includes Hamas and Hezbollah, that's a crime. And the Supreme Court has said that's not protected by the First Amendment. So the question is, what's a material assistance? Does it include, for example, the money raised by the stepdaughter of the vice president of the United States for Gaza children? Now, if, if that money ends up going to Hamas and not to Gaza children, and she's aware of that, that could cross the line into crime. On the other hand, if the money goes purely to humanitarian aid, and I can't imagine a single penny that gets to Gaza that isn't siphoned off. There's an article in the New York Post the other day showing six, I think, of Hamas leaders worth a billion dollars each, taking the money that was designed for humanitarian aid, siphoning it off, and putting it in their personal bank accounts in Qatar and, and Turkey. How anybody can support Hamas? You know, Hamas supports the rape of women, honor killing, killing of gays. How do you look yourself in the mirror when you get up if you're gay? My son is brilliant. He had an idea. You know what birthright is? Birthright sends Jewish kids to uh, Israel to see and learn about Israel. So my son had the, the idea that we will support birthright to Gaza, have all these people who's the gays for Gaza, transgenders for Gaza, feminists for Gaza, send them to Gaza. Yeah, sure. And it will be cheap because <laughs> you only have to buy a one-way ticket. Right. They're never going to come back. They'll be murdered in Gaza. That's right. So I'm in favor now of birthright Gaza. Let's send all these kids to support their view in Gaza. I love it. And again, uh, you don't have to get a return ticket. You are. You're beautiful. That was just one of the greatest things I've ever heard. Hey, my son Elon came up with that. Well, he's brilliant. Tell him uh, Sid Rosenberg said you're brilliant. I do want to ask you, uh, too, about uh, George Soros, Alan. I just don't understand. Despicable the, man, yeah. But he is. But but as far as I know, a Holocaust survivor or family member of a Holocaust survivor was Jewish at some point, I guess. What what has happened to this man that he spends billions of dollars on creating anarchy in the United States and the Jews? What's happened? And it's not anti-Semitic to call him despicable. I'm not anti-Semitic. I think he's despicable. He's not a Holocaust survivor. He was a Holocaust he was complicit in the Holocaust. He admitted on 60 Minutes that he went around taking property from Jews and giving it to the giving it to the Nazis. I mean, he's not Jewish. He's Jewish on his parents' side, but he's anti-Jewish. He's given up his Jewishness. 
and uh, he has supported every anti-Israel cause, and he's turned causes. There was a great organization called Human Rights Watch. It was founded by my friend Bob Bernstein, the publisher of Random House, and it was designed to help people who were in countries that didn't have legitimate legal systems. And then it went over to a guy uh, who was Jewish, but rabidly anti-Israel, and Human Rights Watch has become one of the most anti-Israel groups in America. Look, just look back to Nazism. When, when Gertrude Stein, a Jewish woman, and her gay partner um, collaborated with the Gestapo and may even have turned Jewish kids who were hiding <clears throat> into the Gestapo and then helped the Gestapo escape after the war, Gertrude Stein, a Jew, nominated Hitler for the Nobel Peace Prize. So, you know, don't be surprised. Hannah Arendt, uh, you know, had an affair with one of the major Nazi uh, intellectuals, Heidegger, and uh, then justified it um, after the war. There have been a lot of self-hating Jews. Norman Finkelstein, uh, a despicable guy who said it warmed every fiber in his heart to see these women raped and murdered and beheaded and these babies killed. It warmed his heart. This is Norman Finkelstein, a Jew. So, you know, don't tell me because a person's a Jew, he's better. We're not the chosen people. Uh, We are like everybody else, and Israel needs a strong army to survive. And Israel should not be listening to anybody saying ceasefire. No, no, no. Destroy Hamas. Destroy your enemies. You know, the Bible says, it's interesting, the Psalm of David says, Hashem God will give the Jewish people strength. Only then will the Jewish people get peace. Correct. Peace through strength. That's right. Israel has to be the strongest country in the entire Middle East, otherwise it will not survive. That was proved by the 7th. When these demonstrate, you know when these demonstrations began against Israel, not on the 10th or the 11th, but on the 8th of October, right after these rapes and beheadings occurred, because Israel showed weakness. Israel wasn't prepared. And the one thing a bully likes is they see blood, they want weakness. So you show me somebody who attacked Israel on the 8th, like the National Lawyers Guild, the Bronx Defenders Organization. You show me somebody who attacked Israel on the 8th, and I'll show you a bigot and an anti-Semite. I'll give you a guy. I'll give you a guy uh, much in the same spirit as George Soros and Norm Finkelstein, an attorney, colleague of yours, Ron Kuby, took him exactly nine hours to say this. I didn't like what happened on October 7th, but, and then talked about, like Barack Obama said a couple of days ago, how impossible it is for those people to live, the Palestinians, in that small occupation. These are the worst people God ever created. Now, I want to move to a local story now in New York City. You talk about uh, operating through strength, and I know you'd admit this. You didn't vote for him either time. But Donald Trump did operate through strength, and hopefully will again. Your, your book about him, Get Trump, was certainly um, before its time. You knew what was going to happen before it even happened. So he's been in court this week. His sons, his daughter Ivanka is in court today. And moments ago, the Attorney General, Letitia James, who I believe is nothing but a low-rent racist, she spoke before Ivanka testifies. I'm going to ask you this. She ran. She ran on getting Trump. Clearly, she has made good on that. We can't get this lady disbarred for doing something like that. As far as I know, the Attorney General, Alan Dershowitz, is never supposed to go after any individuals like she did before she even won. I agree with you, and she did it on racial grounds. How did she describe the Trump administration? Male and she pale. Said, Too pale. Yes, and yet, male pale and pale. Is a racist comment. 
male is a sexist comment, stale is an ageist comment. How do you vote for something? Imagine if somebody, a white person, ran for office saying, oh, my, the administration is too dark uh, and too female. They would never be tolerated. You cannot give anything to people who engage in that kind of uh, racism. Look, I've been fighting with Ron Kuby, what, for 40 years? I fought with his former mentor um, before that. Oh, yeah. What was his name again? Uh, Bill, um, he loved him. Bill Kunstler. Bill Kunstler, right. Uh, I defended Bill Kunstler, but Bill Kunstler was also a fervent anti-Israel Hard leftists, just remember when these people shifted. They all supported Israel when the Soviet Union supported Israel in 1948. Come the 1960s, the mid-60s, before the 67 war, the Communist Party and the Soviet Union turns against Israel, and all these people in the United States, the National Lawyers Guild, especially the National Lawyers Guild, uh, turns against Israel and becomes the legal arm, basically, of the Palestinian resistance, including Hamas. And so... You know, that's the way it goes. Um, By the way, if people are interested, tomorrow night there's a movie about me that somebody made, a Canadian filmmaker named John Curtin, a great movie. It's at the uh, Village East uh, Theater. It was picked for the – uh, for a prize in the uh, New York Documentary Film Festival. Really? And it's all about my, you know, support for Israel and uh, my support, my defense of people. So if anybody wants to come see it, I haven't seen the film because, you know. Are you going? An independent filmmaker. I'm going and I'm answering questions. I'm going to go. Uh, I think my wife, I'm going to come. My wife, Danielle, loves you. She just texted me. She goes, we need to take Alan out for dinner. I just want to hear him talk. Well, let's go. We can have dinner after the the thing is at 6 o'clock. At the um, uh, uh, you know the film festival, the documentary film festival, um, and uh, you can get tickets, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll meet after. I'd love to meet your wife. My wife will be there as well. How do you get tickets for it? Um, well, it's online. Okay. Doc, something. One, one second. Doc. You want to help uh, you here? Yeah, uh, no, I, I wasn't ready to talk about. Well, this. do this, do this uh, for me because I got, I got I the. I wanted esp- to have security, right? So I wanted to make sure. So it's okay, you need uh, security. Yeah, yeah. When I and these too. days, it's docnyc.net. Doc doc New York City, doc.net, and it's at the um, uh, Village East Theater at six o'clock. It's called The Trials of Alan Dershowitz. I love it, Dershowitz. You're the absolute best. I love you. Another great appearance. We will see you. Happily tomorrow night. Thank you so much, and congratulations. Thank you. Take care. You the man. All right, that's uh, Alan Dershowitz. We'll take a short break. When we get back, what exactly does censure mean? What does Talib's future look like? Is Omar going to be next? We're going to talk to one of my favorite people in Congress, maybe my favorite at this point, Anthony D'Esposito from Long Island. Breaks it down. Coming up next. Every day my mind is all. WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. 
Now, you know I love Foreigner. This is a great song. Anthony D'Esposito is going to join me because a lot of folks are excited that that censure went down last night for Talib, but they have no idea what that means. Like, she censured. What does that mean? What changes now for Talib and who's next? Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Poor bastard, Esposito's done hold for 20 minutes. This uh, next conversation brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Porters. PeerlessPorters.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best porters. By the way, tonight is loser night in Miami. Not all losers. I happen to like Nikki Haley and Tim Scott and Ron DeSantis, but they're losers. The five of them will have the third and final GOP debate, and there's been no debates because Trump didn't show up, and he's going to win by, I don't know, 100,000 miles. So it's a loser night in Miami. And congratulations to UB Brown. He's going to do tonight's Knicks and Spurs game on ESPN. The former great New York Knicks head coach and terrific analyst is 90 years old. He's 90, UB. Oh, my God. Isn't that you, nuts? God bless you. 90, UB. Doing the Knicks and Spurs later on tonight. Anthony Esposito has become my uh, favorite congressman, and he does a terrific job out of Long Island. He stayed home last night to revel in Long Island's big night. And went back to D.C. this morning. What a night for uh, Long Island last night, Anthony, especially in Nassau County. What's up, Sid? Yeah, it was a, it was a great night. I think it sent uh, a clear message that uh, I was sharing with my colleagues this morning. They talk about New York being this uh, bright shade of blue. Uh, they need to focus on Long Island because from the city line out to the east end, uh, it is as bright red as you can get it, whether it's uh, in the town of Hempstead, the town of Oyster Bay. Uh, we took back the uh, town of North Hempstead last night. And one of the, I think, the most important, I mean, you saw in Suffolk County, the county executive um, is now a Republican. And uh, in my neck of the woods in the city of Long Beach, which is a Democrat stronghold, uh, we swept the city council uh, and elected a county legislator that's a Republican that wow. will represent the Barrier Island. Uh, it was a banner night, and, uh, you know, the leadership of Joe Cairo was shining shining bright last night and this morning. I heard you were the best speaker of all last night, so congratulations. Let me get... Oh, thank you. That's what I heard Peter King said. That kid is, and I agree, you're great. Let's get to Talib. You know, this is why I love you. I'm being serious. I'm sitting with my wife discussing Talib. I go, let me call Anthony. Not a lot of folks have the accessibility to call somebody in Congress, and you pick up every time right away. I go, what's going with Talib? Well, here's what's going on, okay? We, we, uh, the Democrats couldn't stop it. It's going to a vote. The vote will be tomorrow. I'm home tonight. I'll be back in D.C. tomorrow. I'll talk to you before the vote. Well, I guess it's such a pressing issue. They actually voted last night, and the good news hey. is she was censured. So that says to me it really was a pressing issue, yes? Yeah, I mean, listen, any time that you have uh, someone spewing uh, anti-Israel, anti-Semitic, anti-American venom, uh, they deserve to be held accountable, and I'm glad to see my colleagues on both sides of the aisle did just that last night, and I support it wholeheartedly. Tell me, she is uh, she's been censured. What that means practically for folks that don't follow politics all that closely? I mean, Justin said to me, now she stands up there, and you get a chance to like yell at her and throw stuff at her and that type of thing, yeah, and it's yeah. and it's on her record. But otherwise, it doesn't really change much. What what really happens here? 
doesn't really change much, but I think it sends a, a clear message, and I think that's what's important. I mean, there'll be a script that's read uh, from who's ever presiding over the House, and uh, she will be censured. It's sort of a, a shaming, so to speak. But I think what's more important is that the American people see that members of Congress, again, from both sides of the aisle, are not going to stand for an individual who's spewing this hate on a day-to-day basis. And, and to be honest with you, she's just one of, uh, of a handful. I mean, you have Ilhan Omar, who I think is probably more, more poisonous than, uh, than Tlaib, and, and, and that should probably be our next focus. Will it be your next focus? Will you try to censure her, too? Yeah, I think I think there's there's definitely an opportunity there. I think we're going to see, you know, uh, after after last night, there's discussions being had, um, and and you know they, they keep doubling down. When you think that they would learn from from last night, seeing that uh, members not only of the Republican Party but of their own party are, are standing against this nonsense that that that. That they would they would learn, but instead they double down uh, and become more hate-filled, more anti-Semitic, uh, and more anti-American. No, it's true. Talib came out and said last night, "Hey guys, listen, uh, I'm not talking about the Israeli people." Bull. She said, "When is it become illegal to talk about Netanyahu and the Israeli government? Well, you should be able to criticize another country's government." That was her point. But you see, you, you can't even stop with Talib and Omar because you've got Bowman, you've got Bush, you've got AOC. I mean, there's a collection of folks. If you were going to be really serious about it, you can censure 10 people. Absolutely. And, and Sid, you know what? I, I think that uh, one of the things that Joe Cairo always says, it came from uh, Tip O'Neill, all politics is local. This, what we, what, the names that you mentioned is, is why places like Nassau County, where Democrats outnumber Republicans by almost 100,000, that's why Republicans are winning, because the American people are tired of seeing elected officials like the ones that you just mentioned, part of the squad, AOC, Bowman, Ilhan Omar, Rashid Tlaib, they are tired of seeing these anti-American individuals who, quite frankly, I mean, they, they are the representatives of, of the Democratic Party. And there are places throughout this country where moderate Democrats are getting bounced out because they're not as progressive and radical enough. People have had enough. And I think last night, Long Island was a perfect example of that. Are you going to be able to get money to Israel without giving Biden money for Ukraine? Think about that. Are you going to be able to get money to strengthen the borders? without giving money to Biden for Ukraine? I hope so. I think that, uh, again, I, you know, Speaker Johnson his, uh, has, has got his team assembled, uh, and I think that uh, we're going to have uh, conversations over the next couple of days. And, and listen, when it comes to the border, the Republicans passed the Secure the Border Act months ago and sent it over to uh, the Senate. This is a bill uh, that called for the hiring of another 20 20,000 uh, Border Patrol agents, millions of dollars in investment in infrastructure along the southern border. Um, it, it was able to you know, help uh, asylum uh, cases. There was so much money that was going to the southern border, but now it's being held up by Chuck Schumer and the Democrats. So I, I continue to hear Democrats point the finger when, when we are um, talking about the border issues and the fact that Joe Biden and Secretary Mayorkas have failed uh, their oaths and, and have made this country uh, what, it, what it is and what we're doing with places like New York City where people are running amok. We can't – you have the mayor who now wants to cut you know, 15% over all city agencies over the next nine months because we can't afford these influx of migrants. We've done our job. We've passed legislation, good conservative legislation, probably one of the most comprehensive border bills we've seen in a long time, and it's sitting over in the Senate because they're playing politics.
Let's wrap this up where we started. Nice little bow here, Anthony D'Esposito, my man, uh, with Rashida Talib. So when does that happen? When does she stand in front of all you guys? And uh, whoever does delivers that little speech, how she's, uh, she's censured, and you get to kind of heckle and do that type of thing. When does that ultimate embarrassment, she won't care because she's a psycho, but when does that go down? When does that go down? Honestly, Sid, it could have, it may have happened last night. Obviously, I, I just landed and flew in, so I'm, I'm sort of catching up. But it could have very well happened last night, and if not, I'm assuming it would happen this morning. Got it. And then if you are going to go into Omar next, how soon do you think you would do that? So there's two options. Uh, you could put the resolution in, and what, what, what happened is when someone makes it privileged, which is what we talked about last week with the Santos resolution, um, it, it has to go in front of the House within two legislative days. So if, uh, if there is a, a resolution for, for her and it, it is made privileged, um, I'm not sure we'd make it by the end of the week, but I would say the beginning of next week. Anthony, you're the best. I know you're so busy. You always find time for me on and off the air. You're my guy at this point, buddy, so continued success and uh, keep doing the great work you're doing. Thank you so much. Thanks, brother. Stay safe. My man, Anthony Despacito. Are we done now, Lewis? Is that it? All right. That's it. Lewis, you were great today, and I love your Nancy Whiskey shirt. I don't know what it means, but it looks like a Celtic shirt. I don't know. A bunch of drunken Irish shirts you've got. Uh, yeah. Justin Ellick, great job today. Said we got to know him late. Jim Flippin, the whole crew. God willing, as Gene would say, we'll all be back on a Bill O'Reilly Thursday tomorrow morning at 6. So until then, from all of us to all of you, peace! If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabolaw, where winning is no accident.